They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Baby, come back. With the bye, 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 bye. With the bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. Bye, 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 doing marvellously. How are you doing, David Hellard? Very good. It's quite nice when we record on a, a Friday night because, oh, you've just got the whole the whole weekend ahead of you. So there's genuine excitement about life, not just the potty. There's genuine excitement in the air in my house. And I've just found this weird, tiny, can you see this? This weird, tiny starfish thing <laughs> on, in the seat next to me where I've been fiddling. I don't know why it's there or what it's for. Oh, it's probably for Julius's hair, isn't it? Probably Make just a little pretty. A little hair, little hair slide or a little hair catcher because he's a very hairy man. He is indeed. Anyway, how you been? How's uh, have you just returned from Malta? Is it? I've just returned from the islands of Malta. What are they like? They're hot, and it turns out they're quite hilly. Um, Ooh. I went. Yeah, I went on a little summer holiday with our friend Gilo the ex-triathlete, um, <laughs> and about 12 other people, um, and and Jim from Rat Race. And um, it was a test pilot thing for an event they're doing called the Maltese Falcon, which we renamed Marathon de Seagull. Because it's a bit like MDS, but shorter and harder and hotter. Um, so, yeah, the idea is to run across the three... Uh, major islands major the three main islands are gozo camino and then malta yeah. and in between you can either swim or kayak there's a bike option too if you want how, to how far is the swim then or kayak so the swim so the first island is gozo from north to south 10 miles and then the swim between um gozo and camino is 800 meters and then across camino is 2k and yeah. then the other side is three kilometers swimming or kayaking and it's in a a really busy shipping lane it's got where the ferries go um, were they there where you were going going no through? no because we we started at four in the morning and um so we were on the water by about six um and so it's before the first ferries go and we're quite we were quite far away from the ferries but they still leave a bit of a wake um mm. but i wasn't gonna swim was i because i'm not completely insane yeah g-law swell Did um he? yeah i i kayaked which is hard enough, but he so swam did, it. Were you there just hitting him with the paddle all the way across? Well, I tried to get us into like, what do they call it? A flotilla of smacking. And <laughs> well, we could constantly, every time he put his head up, when he was doing front crawl, he got smacked in the face with the paddle. But it turns out that that's the guy, the safety guy in the boat wasn't too keen on that. So we oh. weren't really allowed. But he smashed it. He came, he, he did that second, the second um, crossing from Camino to Malta. Um, in like 45 minutes, nailed it. Like, wow. But I don't think, and I think he'll he'll say the same thing. He didn't realise how much it sort of took out of him because he's not done a long swim like that for a while. And the run on the other side of Malta, we started at 9:30. It was 28 degrees when we started, and it is like a burning furnace because there's no shelter, there's no trees, there's it's along the top of the cliffs, so it's got a lot of ascent. Yeah. And he and, and we sort of started out, and I was like, can we slow down a bit, please? Because he's obviously a lot better at running than i am but even though we kept the pace down it got to 50 miles and both of us were just shagged and he was particularly shagged like he i knew he was when he said do you feel cold and i was like no i feel boiling but i was like 
you're going to go hypothermic. Was he um, all right? Yeah, he was okay. It's it just we we didn't we should have had more water stops. But this is the point. Like this is the point of being a test pilot is to test yeah. these things. Now we know that every five k you need to have. Um, water stops and there was only two of us running because everyone else was on bikes and they were on a different route because they couldn't handle the terrain we were on so it was fine because we just called in one of the support crew and they got to us within like two miles of me being like oh my god judo's gonna die and um i bought him a little like weird ice pop thing that was cold and sugary and sat him down in the shade by a house and he ate that and then we got some food in him and some water and he was fine but i just and he was like, I don't think I really comprehended how hard the swim was. It did take a lot out of him. And, you know, it, was th- it got up to that day, it got up to 37 degrees and you're running all day. We didn't get back to, th- we didn't get back to the end of the route until 8.30 at night. So it was long and, and uh, arduous, but it was very lovely. And Malta's a wonderful place to run. Like it's just, it's kind of like the Jurassic coast, but really hot. Yeah. Yeah. I've, <laughs> and, um, I was there lovely. about eight years ago or so and uh, a few a few segments out there do you, so do you think it's going to go ahead the race so do you think it's going to oh, be yeah. like, a good 100%. event yeah because Malta's very it's a very cheap place to go like I, I had a little holiday mm. with Julius and um in fact you know we spent the last two days like going to the beach I took him on a bit of the run to show him how awful it was it wasn't you know what I mean it was beautiful but hard yeah and then we spent the next day on a boat trip like can we just talk about the youth of today for a minute because this boat <laughs> right, it wasn't like a catamaran or a sailboat it was just a big tourist boat yeah we just out of the front and all these kids were just leaning on the bow pouting and doing instagram photo shoots oh, bet they were. and i'm like hang on a minute everyone we're cruising around these beautiful islands we're supposed to be taking all this in but you've changed your bikini 17 times and got nine <laughs> hats for you, and they're trying to stop your hair blowing in your face while your friend takes a photo it was just it was totally ridiculous bloody kids um but also we spent a lot of time jumping off that boat and it was pretty high up it was probably like what did i move 10 foot out yeah. of water and since i got back i've started to get headaches and my neck hurts so i basically convinced myself you got whiplash yeah i basically convinced myself i fractured my spine and i'm dying <laughs> <laughs> very likely very is, likely i love a catastrophe um so yeah we had a really nice time because it is cheap so you can go there you can dress it up to your wife or husband or boyfriend or girlfriend as a holiday because you're only yeah, running for one day actually. yeah so the, yeah the event's only one day and that's one day where they can go off and have a nice time at the beach and all the logistics are catered for and also you get to stay in a really nice hotel at the end which we did get to stay in not like panama and um and so yeah it was really great i think rob from rat race took his family and um and we all had a really really nice time so highly recommended there'll be um i think They'll probably put, um, if you go on the bucket this website, you'll probably be able to sign up for more information. But cheap, wonderful, and totally doable. I would say do try and, it's doable if you understand how your body works in heat. Because if you don't and you get stuck out there, it's it's not very nice. But it's a, next week I'm going to Scotland to run coast to coast with them. That oh. would be different. <laughs> yes, and would. did they get, because were they going for a team of ladies to do that? No, that's Hebrides. That's in October. So we've got okay. yeah. So coast to coast is pack raft run, pack raft run, pack raft run, um, and then Hebrides in October. We've got nine women doing that. And that's going to be awesome. That would be amazing. So I've yeah, I've been quite busy, you know, trotting about, doing my thing. What about you, Hello? What have you been up to? <laughs> I don't know what to say after all of that. I uh, I got very drunk and uh, and then went to visit Pete and and Claire Miller. So uh, friends of the podcast and uh, did, did a little jog with them. But no, I've been um, 
I've just been trying to work hard more than anything else, but I have been loving all the different, uh, lots of news happening, lots of running news. There's lots of running news, but there's also lots of, dun, 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 like, what do I call it? Bad running news. Bad, tainted I mean, running news, tainted the, runners. Well, actually, because what are you referring to? Because I, I, I somehow missed until recently the world's fastest m- runner. The guy who took over from Usain, Usain Bolt, he's missed three drug tests this year. Ugh, drugs. Don't do yeah. them, kids. Drugs are for mugs. Drugs um, are for mugs. Haven't you got a drug mug? mug? No, I should have a drug mug. Dr- mugs, not drugs. Have you ever been to Thailand and seen the T-shirts that they make where they've got the spellings slightly wrong? And instead of saying <laughs> no. pugs, not drugs, it says pugs, not drigs. <laughs> They're amazing shirt. The, the thing is, the great thing about that, that's not, you don't even have to understand a language to know that the bit that rhymes is the letters at the end that <laughs> yeah. should be the same. Like, how could you get that wrong? Come on, kids. Pugs, not drigs. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's there was that guy. There's the guy that, that has missed all the tests. But then there's yeah. also the other guy who's been caught with a bootload of cocaine. <gasps> oh, it's a girl, in fact, wasn't it? Was it? Yes, that's right. I forgot about this. I think Bruno posted in the group. So she was a 400 meter runner from, hmm, actually I can't remember which country. But yes, unbelievable. I'm looking it up now so that we don't get our facts wrong because I've already got the sex of the person wrong. And I'm sure <laughs> somebody will complain about that. I um, mean, people talk about drugs and sports. I, if you're going to go big, go go crazy big, go drug cartel big, as she has. Okay, hang on a minute. British athlete Luke Trainer, Luke's a boy's name generally, got busted with cocaine in his system. And now some Dutch athletes have got a boot full of pills, coke and meth. Thoughts? Yeah, the... I want to talk about the uh, source that Bruno has um, included here, which is thesun.co.uk. I'm surprised he got as far as page four named Bruno. So, but the, to be fair, this girl, the girl, uh, the Dutch athlete, she's not wearing many clothes. So he probably thought that he got to the right page and then realised there were some words on it. Um, a Dutch Olympic athlete has reportedly been arrested in Germany with nearly two million pounds worth of ecstasy and crystal meth in the boot of her car. I mean, that just it raises so many questions about like funding for sports, doesn't it? Because yeah, you, you've got to wonder: is that financially driven, or is she in a weird situation where? she's been forced to do it or did she think i get to travel loads this is a great opportunity to like make some money on the side like, well, how, how does that even happen i don't know but i don't think she was using them as performance enhancing do you because i'm not sure <laughs> that smoking crystal meth at the start of a race is going to help um i think it's probably got something to do with with the financial gain to be quite honest but also if you think about it she's going to be able to travel quite freely as an athlete yeah. she's going to have people around her and she's going to you know, have people ushering her through places like if you think about london marathon look how close people like mo farah get to get to places like buckingham palace without anybody considering they would do anything bad so you're so in a privileged no position dealer for the queen i'm not saying that mo farah has ever worn a suicide vest but if he was going to under a foil blanket then he's going to be the last <laughs> person you suspect right um, so I think it's probably got a lot to do to do with that. But um, yeah, there was also a, a 10k runner, this guy Luke, who's got uh, who tested positive for cocaine. But you know, 10k, you got to have a boost, don't you? I mean, but I find it. I I don't think you should be banned from sport for taking recreational drugs. I think the two are completely unrelated, and uh, and so it's just weird that they've that you're basically punished for moral reasons rather than for cheating. 
Do you not think that maybe these people are role models and that they should be punished for doing something that is illegal and dangerous? But that's what the law's for. Like, I don't see why the the sport should then have to do something about it. And you know, if if he if he'd done something like, uh, you know, if he if he'd stolen some stuff, would they do the same? I mean, maybe they would actually. To be um, honest, he said he's been charged by the UK Anti-Doping Agency. So. I don't because cocaine could have an effect on you going faster, right? Yeah, I, I mean. So it's I'm UK will, anti-doping. I'm willing to test. I'm willing to find out. Um, I, can't I know. So. Let's pick someone from the group to find out for us, so we don't have to do it. Matt Simpson. Matt. Not Simpson. him. Someone with a normal body, not the Keith Richards of BBR. <laughs> Yeah. Let's pick somebody is... relatively normal, like Amy Robson. Let's pick her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's well, going to be the drug mule of the week? <laughs> whack a load of Jack down her neck and send her <laughs> off to the park to see how she does. Sorry, Amy. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think that when it comes to recreational drugs, I think a lot more, you'll find a lot more runners, especially like the sort of more lad culture groups maybe like the sort of the cross-country lot or like the 10k runners or like the fast boys that go out and have a few beers afterwards hey, 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 hey. that's me yeah. that's me making massive exaggerations and and what's the word i'm looking for cast the aspersions on people are there any laddie runners those two things just don't go together do they and we're back to matt simpson matt simpson matt simpson he's done it all he's done them all he's done it all <laughs> mm. yeah um so yeah there's been lots and lots of drugs hasn't there what was the one you were talking about well this is because um so christian coleman he, he he's essentially the fastest guy in the world since usain bolt left but so usain bolt left the world since he left the world that's right he's too he's too busy uh doing adverts for virgin atlantic brilliant virgin whatever it is but um virgin broadband they obviously work virgin broadband exactly yeah so he's he's missed so the rule is if you miss three tests in a year then you can basically be done as if you've failed a test but um he so he's he's missed three tests which is incredibly dubious um but he what happens then is that their lawyers the lawyers get involved and they basically um sue and say one of these isn't right because his whereabouts were slightly off and and it's a hard one because i know i mean it's it looks really dodgy um but so they know okay so first off why don't they ask him why he's missed the tests well you're normally you it's normally because you say oh i didn't realize i'm somewhere else because there's all these strict rules and actually it would be great to get someone from wider in to actually explain how like how the system works who came who comes up with the rules who polices them but i'll tell you the answer to that the Russians. The Russians. <laughs> All, of it. All of the answers are the Russians, but sure. Okay. So Under the door yeah. by the Russians. So you're but, somewhere else. You but you're, you, you have to tell them in advance where you're going to be pretty much every day. And so they can then randomly turn up and do the test. So, um, you know, Christina Hurugu, who I absolutely love, who's an incredible athlete, she came a cropper because um, she, I, she, she was just always like – She'd sometimes stay at her mum's, she'd sometimes stay at her dad's, and she had like three locations she'd be. And she was just terrible with her management, uh, like her time management and her diary management. And if you're having to say way in advance where you're going to be that night, you quite often get it wrong. Um, yeah. And so, and, you know, that's, that was her reasoning behind it. And you've got a lot of sympathy for that. But then at the same point, it, the hard thing is, how do you then spot a cheat from someone who's just 
bad. I mean, like, for, if, for example, if Jody was a professional sportsman, he'd be done uh, every time because he's clueless to where he is at any time and his diary management's horrific. Um, and so it then, when you then have these three uh, occasions where you've, you've missed your drugs test, that's when they get a lawyer in who then goes to town on actually he said he was going to be here and technically you were there and it just it, it goes down to can we find a way out through legal arguing arguing rather than reality and the, and um and it's it's happened in the past with lizzie um it was libby armistead who was a, a british cyclist she had exactly the same thing uh, but she then overturned it by arguing that one of those three strikes should be erased because of the like the location's being slightly off from what they said so it's just this another stupid thing where you know can we trust the kenyans and ethiopians i don't know they don't really test a lot of them and they just turn up can we trust the americans who don't do the test i don't know can we try it's like who can we trust like where is the trust left um, we can't trust anybody because we live in a cruel cruel world but i actually think that i read something about the kenyans the other day about yeah. this but i can't remember so now I'm just like having a Google um, because I actually hadn't thought about it like that. I'd thought about it. And this is me being simpleton. Yeah. yeah, but they tell you that you need to come for your drugs test and you don't turn up. Well, that's not going to work, is it? Because it's not a random drugs test and you won't take any drugs for ages before your tests. So yeah. you're actually quite right, because if someone said to me, where are you going to be next Tuesday? I'd be like, OK, well, I'm going to be driving to Chelmsford. Don't know what time I'm going to get there or what time I'm going to get back. I'll be there for a few hours between this time and this time. But and it's I might see in a bar down the road. So you, you're you're totally right, and I'm not sure it is that's really the way to do it. Is but it? I don't know how else you can do a random drugs test because you'll always just that that the, the difficulty would be, I guess, is is how much notice do you have to give because um, you know people get injured, people are change their training. Like you, it's very hard to predict where you're going to be at any time. So. Mm like several weeks ahead but then if you're having to do it week by week that's a huge amount of work um for for everyone involved um and the athletes but i mean that's a crazy thing because you know the kenyans the Athians that they're going to be in their camps with everyone um check this check this i knew i'd read something this is from the 28th of august hot press yeah um Athletics Kenya and the Anti-Doping Agency of Kenya have welcomed the approval of a drug testing laboratory in their country, and it's WADA approved. Um, Kenya's reeling from negative publicity um, as some of their top athletes have tested positive on prohibited substances, um, top amongst them beleaguered multiple world champions Aspel Kiprop. Ra 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 ra. So they're actually getting one. Which is, like, how is this only just happening now? Like, the amount of money in Kenyan athletics and the amount of money in world athletics and but do you think now they've got one it's all going to be like that's it there'll be no more kenyan athletes because everybody will test positive and we'll be like oh shit i i'm I'm hoping that most of the kenyans uh you know are the best in the world i think you know people like kachogi i think he is clean i hope he is clean i'm I'm praying he's clean because um it'd just be horrible to see and i'm sure there are some people that cheat and the reality is with money so much so much money in it and also well, I, think this is it. I don't think it's about where you're from or what race you are yeah. or what anything like that i think it's about the culture of the 
of the place if you think about somewhere yeah. like china or somewhere like russia and the political systems they have in place in those countries and kenya it brings a lot of money into that country so if yeah. something was to go on it would be like well is this a political thing because they said we you know people come here to train to be as good as our runners so our runners need to keep being good and it, it would be the same with other places Cause i always get funny about being like it's the russians it's the chinese but it's like no it's not the people it's a system around yeah. it yeah 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 making this an okay thing to do um but i think if it was to be found that they had been that been um doping then i think it would have such a huge effect on their economy i really do because so many people go there because they breed these amazing runners so don't know yeah absolutely and even the way we think about training because a lot of it's based you know you hear the the term kenyan hill sprints and you hear Mm -hmm. you know all these things because we're assuming they do it better than everyone else um Mm -hmm rather than just natural talent and so yeah i hope it's i hope it's it's uh they're putting wrong but another controversy that from the world of triathlon do you see this so much controversy so much i love it controversial but did you see the two british um triathletes who they raced together they did the whole thing together and they got to the finish and they they were like right we're finished together held each other's hands through the line and both got banned because it's not allowed in triathlon crazy stuff now, what is that about because i don't i saw the word triathlon and i switched off a little bit on that yeah um, but i was like this isn't very nice did this happen in great britain this it was qualifier wasn't it i don't think it was in great i'd have to check i don't think it was in great britain but it it, it does lead to headaches for great britain because you have to qualify with your time for the British team. And now the selectors are going to have to get involved because those two aren't necessarily automatically going to be chosen to yeah. race for Britain. And so, you know, what does that lead to? Does that lead to legal issues or, and also it was, a to- race- it was a Tokyo event. It was a Tokyo 2020 triathlon test event. I think it was in Tokyo, but I don't think these rules are Tokyo specific. No, um, no. So yeah, that's sorry to interrupt you there, but yeah, yeah and, and they actually changed the rules because when when the Brownleys raced together, when um, the uh, Johnny Brownlee was going for the World Championships, mm-hmm. and he basically went out too hard in the run, got um, heat stroke, and his brother then scooped him up, ran him round, and just just before the line, he dumped him over the line so that he won and he was second. Yeah. So they they changed the rules for that. But, you know, are we really so saying... they didn't we cross don't... the line holding hands, did they? No. That's One of them crossed before. He was clever enough to, like, dump his brother on the ground, which looked like he was uh, a horrible person, like... Throwing go, him. Sod off. Yeah. Get off. <laughs> yeah. But he was actually doing the right thing by the rules. But, I mean, what kind of sport can you... Do we want to have? Well, I understand if people are trying to game the system, but at the same point, it's just a nice thing to see where two athletes... Uh, also, where do you, where do you draw the line? Do you draw the line at the guy, the Welsh guy that helped that woman over the line in London Marathon and everybody's putting it all over Facebook and being like, this is what running's about, man. It's about supporting yeah. your fellow man. Yeah. Or do you disqualify that woman and that Welsh guy for, for doing that together? Like, it's a very strange thing. But I just feel, I feel like triathlon is one of those sports where people enjoy suffering and enjoy being miserable fuckers, to be quite honest. And I think yeah. that's why it's not as celebrated as just pure running especially with something like london marathon which is very charitable and they spin that into a beautiful piece of um of like you know running yeah. is for everybody and anyone yeah. can do it and we'd all support each other whereas triathlon tends to market itself as a very hard thing to do and we're not going to have any nonsense of people holding hands or having a good time so yeah. 
I feel like maybe there's a bit of that, but I don't know how upset these two girls were. I imagine they were quite upset, but I don't know whether this is a PR stunt to raise awareness of triathlon. I just, I think I it's just genuine. This is the rule they're they're being asked about the rules. Um, yeah, so just really bad luck for them. But uh, but um, I've got something that might pique your interest. You're a cider fan, aren't you? Oh, uh, I was. I, do you know what? I'm not massive on cider, but I do live in cider country. So very close to you. Are you near to Yeovil? Yeah. We're near enough. We're near enough to Yeovil that we can get to it. We're far enough away not to be considered from Yeovil. There's a cider athlon. I'm sorry, what? There's a cidathlon. Cidathlon, right. Yeah, there's a, there's a cider booze run now. That is, uh, in fact, I'm going to find the name. I know it's on Instagram. Cidathlon <laughs> makes me sound, it sound like there might be some sort of swimming and, and uh, biking involved. Uh, uh, so cidathon. So a cidathon. Okay, great. Cidathon. What am I? I'm confusing my words. God, it's because I was trying to type it to get the details, and they got confused by triathlon. Uh, there's a cidathon happening next year. It's uh, apparently the second year in uh, in Yeovil. So I thought this is going to be something that do bad is getting. Okay, involved, so how surely. many ciders do you have to drink? Thirteen stops. Thirteen ciders. What's half miles. pints? Uh, got to be half pints like the side around here is literally will give you brain damage yeah it's lethal isn't it um, yeah i think it's just bottles in a mix actually yeah, yeah. huge variety if, if it's local it, it that matt simpson if matt simpson can finish that race i'll finally have respect for him because the side around here is brutal like they've got we've got all of it around here but the worst by far in my experience is the brothers festival strength cider which oh. is 14 and a half percent the worst, the sugar in those in the slide in the brothers. Oh my yeah, god! The toffee apple one. Yeah, I had oh. an experience at Glastonbury where I was having a really nice day till I had a pint of that, and that was it. It was game over. I was instant diabetes. Yeah. yeah, it was awful. Instant diabetes, instant hangover, uh, instant just death basically. So yeah, they make some really punchy ones. They make cider perries as well, which um, yeah, like I've those. had in bottles. They're like cider champagne, and they. You can't open them unless you're outside because I actually won a bottle at a White Star race and the race director in the briefing said, do not open this cider in your car, your house or your tent because <laughs> the, the, the cork will come off and it will make a hole in whatever it goes through. Your ceiling, your What's window. Yeah. And so I gave it to my mum because I don't really drink cider. And of course, my mum knows better, doesn't she? So she opened it in her living room and just took down half the plasterboard in the ceiling because it just hit it and just smashed and just all came down. Maybe that's like, what happened to that Love Island guy. What Love Island guy? He he lost his eye. He went blind from a champagne cork. Oh, middle class inconvenience. Is this, is this a real thing that's happened? Yeah, it was announced like last week. I think it was two years. It was on it two years ago. Not that I watch it, but um, yeah. So maybe Actually, it was. To be uh, fair, I've been. Uh, partaking in lots of non-alcoholic prosecco or no secco as it's called crazy and that stuff if the cork comes off in your eye you will go blind because it's really fizzy because it's got no alcohol in it so i can kind of see how that would happen and although it's not funny because a man has lost his sight it yeah. is quite funny <laughs> yeah if it, if it's yeah love island exactly yeah don't mind them being in trouble but um so do bad as we, we we don't know when the beer lovers is next year but uh similar times so depending on dates but 10th of may Danny Yeovil, we'll try and get a crew in. So we, oh, we can get a crew in. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put my ear to the f- ground at uh, Montacute Park Run tomorrow. Because guess what? I've started going to Park Run. Hey! She started uh, winning the race? No, but the first time, I've started going with my dog um, because I want to teach her a little bit of canny cross. That's my excuse. So I only go to Bark Runs where they allow dogs. 
Uh, I went to one the other day actually in a street that's uh, the race director is a do-badder, Matt Dorber, and it was run by his dog. Um, Fantastic. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really into Bark Run, and there's one near us at Montecute, um, which is near Yeovil. So I'll be there tomorrow and I'll uh, have a word with some of the runners and be like, and maybe get us uh, some sort of deal on a on a big entry because the thing is, they know we're going to turn up, don't they? They know we are. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, we can all go back to yours for the after party. Sure. Me and my non-alcoholic house with my four dogs. Sounds glorious. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, Dubaz, we have got one hell of a guest for you today. So uh going to segue from races around the UK. Races with booze to a man that can't lose. Yes. Boom. He has lost, but... Can't lose in our hearts. Can't lose our hearts. Take it away, Nick. So, Dubadis, we've got uh, we've got running royalty on the podcast today. Um, I know it's me, Ali Bailey. It's <laughs> not me, is it? <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm sure most of you know Mike from well before he uh, he did the seven and seven, and then did the seven and seven again. But um, I guess most recently he's been known for setting the record for seven marathons in seven continents in seven days, and then doing three more for some reason, which we, we will discover why. So, uh, welcome to the podcast, Mike Wardian. Right. Hey. hey! Hey! It's so awesome to be on. <laughs> Thanks, guys. How are things? Uh, everything's great. You know, it's been it's been a pretty am- amazing uh, year so far, and uh, I've been uh, super happy with how everything's turned out, and uh, excited to you know kind of do some more fun stuff before the end of the year. How long does it take to recover from something like that? Uh, from the seven marathon seven days. Yeah, because like you got jet lag and the running as well. <laughs> uh, I didn't have long, actually. I had about two weeks before I ran uh, across Israel. So I I uh, came home, uh, saw my kids really quick uh, and my <laughs> wife, and then uh, flew to, um, to Israel and then spent 10 days uh, running uh, the Israeli National Trail um, and sending the uh, fastest known time for that. So yeah, I, I didn't have really a long recovery and it just, it was kind of like uh, two big events, like back to back, but it, uh, it worked out great, but the recovery since all that has been, um, has been slow. I've done a bunch of races. I've, I think I've already raced over like 1380 miles uh, in 2019 wow. and like 38 events, but um, my legs have felt kind of heavy since uh, since the beginning of the year. So I'm trying to like I I just won the um, San Francisco Marathon Ultra Marathon. Um, oh, congrats! Yeah, just like a couple weeks ago, and um, had a little bit of downtime after that. I I pulled my abductor, and so that was kind of a, a bit of a um, reason to to force a little bit of a, a, a reset, uh, but it's, everything's fine. I, you know, I didn't really have to miss much time at all. And, uh, now I'm, I'm kind of, a, you know, recalibrating for the rest of the year. So I think you've raced more days than, than probably collectively our podcasts have run this year. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that's, that. That's but... harsh. Hello. That's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did you go into the Israel trip then? Um, were you we knackered or, or we did you race the seven and seven with the israel trip in mind as well 
Oh yeah, I mean, I definitely knew that I was going to be running across Israel, and and I and that's really why I added. Uh, besides trying to set a world record, was to um, to you know get a feel for what your body experiences with doing you know ten hard efforts in a row because that was what I was trying to aim for running about a hundred kilometers a day to finish yeah. the Israeli National Trail in ten days. Wow, hundred um, kilometers a day off the back of all that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, with and each day had um, between like mo- well, I should say most days had between uh, like five and ten <clears throat> ten thousand feet of elevation gain. So you know, not Ooh. just not just distance, but also you know, kind of some technical trail like Via Ferrata stuff. Especially the first like four or five days when we were in the desert, and then um, and then of course like all the easy parts in the north where. It was supposed to be kind of like farmland and flat were uh, ridiculously muddy because they had like, you know, 200% of the annual rainfall or something. So like the easy runs turned into like these mud fests. Um, how, but, how did that happen then? Because um, I wouldn't say it's a you know a famous trail for, for the UK uh, thinking. So what, what, why did you decide to head out there straight so, so soon afterwards as well? Uh, well, it had actually been in works for like over a year and a half. And so the um, the seven marathons thing kind of came up after I already had the Israeli trip on the books. And I was just like, well, I can't miss the chance to <laughs> to do this seven marathons uh, again. And I felt like oh, it's going to be good training for the Israeli trail. Like it's, you know, a solid, you know, block of training. Like I'll get in 180 miles and then, you know, <laughs> add in the three marathons in the end. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, this this will, you know, piggyback really well into it. Um, and, you know, I felt like it did. I mean, I was super, super fit and uh, mentally strong. And, and then, you know, you just kind of have to carry that through the um, the FKT. And uh, luckily, I had a great team. There's a guy named Zoli Bahari who, like, kind of is the mastermind behind the idea to try to uh, bring me over and, and set this time and, and really ignite the Israeli running community. And I think we you know, did a good job accomplishing all that and showcasing what a beautiful place Israel is. And in particular, like, uh, there's like before, before Zoli reached out to me, I didn't really know much about Israel other than kind of what I'd seen on the news. And I fell in love with the people and the place and, um, just the landscape. It's, it's super dynamic and beautiful. And, um, yeah, I, I felt really lucky to have the opportunity to kind of get to explore it on a deeper level. Well, we're, we'll talk about that at the uh, to, after the seven and seven because I think that's yeah. the one that it's hard to get your head round. I, also, I think I find it hard to get my head round, but the thing I find hardest to get my head round is the speed at which you were doing the marathons because <laughs> I'm all, I'm all for a I'm all for a multi day because that means I can slow down and eat some sandwiches. I've, but... I've got a theory that he was doing them in about five hours, but he was doing them in different time zones, and so actually, <laughs> oh my god, like three hours behind. So I, that that's the only way I can figure it out. That's what happened. Yeah, Fraud. yeah. I mean, that, that, that's uh, yeah. It's definitely a, a good uh, thought. Um, <laughs> it, it's um, yeah. It's it's one of those things where you um, you, you get you know fired up by the people you're with, and uh, you, you know I was trying to break my time that I had established in 2017, and uh, the courses were just a bit different this time, which was one of the reasons I wanted to go back. Yeah. Um, but you know, when courses are different, it also means that, you know, there's different challenges. And so, you know, we had some actually really 
great weather if you were thinking like, hey, I just want to hang out in Antarctica. But uh, if you want to kind of compete, like it was way too warm. And so the temperature caused the um, ice to, to just be super melty. And so it was just kind of running in like a swampy like mud, basically. Um, so, yeah, we yeah, it would have been better if it was colder in Antarctica. Um, and then, you know, you go right from, you know, a pretty uh, cold temperature in Antarctica to, to very hot temperatures. The next, you know, six hours later, you're back in Cape Town running um, in like 90 degree weather. So oh, it's like, just like running in the UK. It's exactly just like running in the UK in summer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you, you just crossed over a, a little, uh, little fell and then all of a sudden on the other side, it's, uh, you know, gorgeous. And then you yeah. cross another one and it's freezing. So, so just because I'm a complete novice to this idea of seven marathons in seven days on seven continents, can you explain exactly what that entails? So the first time you did it, what was your route? What did it entail? Was there kind of a FKT element to it? Um, just so that our listeners kind of get the idea of the enormity of that challenge. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's a good place to start. So um, the first time I did it was in 2017. And it was um, my first time, you know, having the opportunity to do it. And it's uh, you run seven uh, standard marathons, so um, 42 kilometers or 26.2 miles in seven days on all seven of the continents, including Antarctica. And the first time I did it in 2017, we all kind of rallied in uh, Punta Arenas, which is on the southern uh, point of South America, um, in Chile. And we flew from there to Antarctica, and you usually... Uh, the best way to ensure that you get to go to all seven continents is you start in Antarctica because mm -hmm. that's the one where if you got there on day six and it was really bad weather, it would really be a bummer because you couldn't go to Antarctica. Yeah. So, so it's, also, it's actually got a, there's like the start date. Could it move then depending? Yeah. On so the, the start date's pretty flexible. So you look for a good weather window in Antarctica. Uh, and the last couple of years, it's, um, it's, it's worked out where, you know, the day that um, it's a guy named Richard Donovan, who mm. um, is an Irish guy, super cool guy, uh, and came up with this concept. And um, he's just a just a, a, a brilliant tactician with like planning and logistics and then just an all around good guy. So like uh, he's he's the guy like who that sets the schedule and um, coordinates all the the moving pieces that go into trying to move like 40 or 50 people on, on a tight time frame all around the world. And so we uh, fly to Antarctica and it's kind of crazy. You kind of run a lap, like, which is around 10 K and then they tell you like, okay, keep running. And then, cause if, if it's bad weather, then they just cancel the race and you wait until the next day. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. So you could be three laps in and then they yeah. say, you, yeah, yeah. you could be there for six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You definitely could be there for a while. Like each time I've been to Antarctica, we've gotten great, uh, great weather. And so, it, it, you know, I was able to do it both times, uh, straight away. And it's uh, just but flat, the, flat snow. Uh, yeah, so it's, you're running on, it's basically like a nice groomed trail. So, um, at least in 2017, it was in 2019, the, the trail, as I said, was soupy and it was pretty terrible, um, because it was just too warm. So you actually want it a little bit colder, uh, so that, that it keeps the texture, uh, of the, of the ground surface. Um, 
So just to go back, like in 2017, the route was uh, Antarctica, Punta Arenas for the second one. So South America and, and Antarctica. Uh, then we flew to uh, Madrid and Spain. And then from there, we went to Dubai. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I have that wrong. We went uh, uh, Antarctica, Punta Arenas, Miami, Madrid, Dubai, uh, Marrakesh in Morocco. And then we finished in Sydney, Australia. Uh, and then in 2019, we started in uh, everyone rallied in Cape Town, South Africa. We flew from there to Antarctica, ran Antarctica, Cape Town. From Cape Town, we flew to Perth, Australia. So that was three. Then we went to Dubai for four, Madrid for five. And then from Madrid, we had a long haul to um, Santiago, Chile, where we ran six. And then we finished in Miami, which was awesome because, like, as an American, it's nice to you know, have all your family and friends be able to, you know, not have to fly to Australia to come and see you at the end, but only Miami. And that allowed me to do the three marathons at the end because I could fly home and, and, uh, do them there rather than trying to do them in a park in Australia in the middle of the night or something. And how, how many hours, cause that just even like Dubai to Perth is how many hours flight was that for, cause that seems like a really long way of doing it. <coughs> yeah, it was, um, the flight from for 2019 the flight from um antarctica to cape town was like five or six hours uh and then you run and then it was a really long i think the longest leg was actually cape town to perth it was 22 hours of flying whoa uh, yeah because you can't but go the thing is, it's 22 hours of flying but there's a faff isn't there there's the hours at the airport there's the getting your luggage on there's the getting off and there's getting to where you're going like so that's yes. flying but then add on what let's say six hours if you're lucky of faff like the timings must have just been so precise yeah that's actually the tricky part is like getting through customs you know getting on the bus like uh and you know we became so efficient like everyone just changes into their kit on the bus and you don't really take anything except your passport and like your goose you know so that <laughs> you're like okay, like I'm streamlined. Like, it's so funny to see like the first day everyone has all this stuff. And by like day five, everyone's just like, kind of like, yeah, okay. I'm ready. You're you're literally the guys running through the airport. You're literally those guys. (laughs) Yeah, no, we, we we have been. And actually I, I, I tried to lose my passport in Santiago and I was running through the airport back to like the, um, the little security check to get my passport. Cause I was like, Oh my God, how bad would it be to lose the marathon? Uh, challenge on like the last day because I got stuck in the airport because I was dumb and like didn't grab my thing because I was so jet lagged and just tired and just stupid and I just walked off without it. And and how does it work with the planes then? Have you is it always different flights and different um, companies that you go with? Is it random or no? So uh, it actually in before 2017 it used to be commercial and so you'd fly business class and now. Since 2017, so both times I did it, uh, Richard has chartered a uh, private uh, plane to be able to carry everyone. So, uh, usually oh my god, have... this is like a rap video, but like a really oh, bad rap yeah. video. But no one's drinking Hennessy; they're all drinking water and electrolytes and stress. 
<laughs> well, and, and it also kind of looks like a mass unit or something. Cause like after each race, like there's people like splayed out all over the, the airplane, you know, laying down, trying to sleep and like massaging each other. And like with those, you know, Normatec boots and like the hyper vices and like foam rollers and, uh, all different kinds of like, yeah, just stuff yeah, going on. Even go, getting on a plane is not, I mean, from my, my experience, which is nothing like yours, getting on a plane straight after running <coughs> somewhere like Cape Town to go yeah. back, even to like, to get on another one to Panama, that is not good for recovery. It does not, you know, be scrunched up in a chair next to some guy that you don't know, like with all that, that tacacid going around your body. That does, that's not healthy. And also, I guess the pressure at, at altitude, like the recovery must just be a nightmare between runs. Um, yeah, I mean, it's something I think you, you get, um, pretty comfortable with actually. Like I, I, as far as I, I feel like I have been, like, it's, it's something that, um, you do, you do your, you know, you have maybe like a little protocol. Like I, I try to get some food in, I try to keep moving, get some water. Um, and then I'm not a great sleeper. Like there were some people that, you know, could conk out pretty easy. Um, but yeah, you just, you just kind of get through it. And it's just, it's kind of cool because it's just kind of like a big, long, um, it's like a stage race. Um, so if you've ever done, you know, like marathon to sob, maybe your, Mm. um, listeners are familiar with, or the coastal challenge in Costa Rica, or, um, I think there's like the Cape Wrath and some of those things. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you, if you're used to doing stage racing or back-to-back marathons or, back-to-back racing it's kind of that similar thing except you're not getting this you know you're not instead of like going back to the bivouac or something like you get on a plane and then you know you do it that way so have you got your then, one seat for the whole week then yeah the so it's one. pretty cool like you usually partner up and they um they you know if you know somebody like a lot of people go in groups of like two or three or something or four and so like uh it's and and they do a good job of letting you kind of be where you want to be and you know it's yeah so you kind of have like your little zone of the plane and then you know everyone everyone is for the most part pretty cool and so like if you want to you know be in a certain area like you just take turns just like anything so you become and it's cool too because you you kind of get invested in how everyone else is doing and everyone's helping everyone and I think that's one of the great things about the world marathon challenge and also, um, any kind of stage races. Like a lot of times if you're in a big race, you know, you see the front guys go off and like, then you never see them again. Whereas like in a stage race environment, like you get to, you get to hang out with everyone. Like, you know, everybody is in the same, uh, living quarters and you get to see like what those guys do or girls do and like how they make it work. And, um, then, and and yeah. who, who would you say they are? Those 40, 50 people, are they, are they similar traits that are different to other ultra runners or? Um, yeah, I mean, it's actually, it's, you know, it's a pretty expensive race. Um, so come on, come on, hit, hit it with it. That was going to be my uh, next question. How yeah, much I mean, is it costing? No, it's costing, uh, anywhere from, you know, f- depending on how good you do on get, because like the, the cost is, I think, thirty-seven thousand euros for <laughs> just the. It's a just, lot. It's a holiday. It's around the world holiday. It's bad. Yeah, it's you buy well, the plane. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you gotta you gotta have a plane. You gotta have all the the people set up, the timing, all that kind of stuff. I I mean, it's kind of a great 
It sounds crazy to say, but it's kind of a great deal. If you've ever priced going to Antarctica, <laughs> yeah, just up by itself. Like... Just the Antarctica Marathon is like 12 grand or something to do. Because I looked at doing it and was like, nope. So <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah, no, it's, it's like crazy. buy five, get two free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> For only, Yeah, and it's like a total upsell. For only like 40,000 more, you can visit the penguins. You know, it's like, <laughs> what? Like, yeah. It's 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 crazy kinds of money. Um, so and then you know you have to get yourself to wherever the rally point is, and then get yourself home, and then um, you know there's food included uh, on the flights and stuff. But you know if you want different stuff, and so yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a big expense, and so um, you get a lot of people that have done really well. Um, so you know there's that kind of group. Mm. Uh, you get people that this is like a once in a lifetime dream, like kind of like me the first time I was like, I just want to do this. Cause I think it's like the coolest thing ever. And you kind of like, if you've got people that are willing to support you, like, you know, maybe you get, uh, some funding that way. Like, uh, and then you have like some, you know, higher end athletes that are like doing it, um, and they're getting help. And then, uh, you, you just have, um, you know, kind of people that, uh, want to see if they're able to do it. And then you have like charity people that are doing it for a charity and like trying to raise money for, uh, a great cause. And like, I think that's one of the coolest things about it. Cause it is captivating. Mm. Um, like my seatmate is a guy named Eric Tozer and he's like a type one diabetic and he's the first type one to, um, to have tackled this challenge. And it was cool just to see like what he has to deal with on a daily basis and like, you know, his blood sugar levels. And like, I learned all about like how much they have to pay for medicine and like, <laughs> but he was able to like uh, shine a light on something and show people like, Hey, with this disease, like you are able to do these things. And in two years ago, there was, um, uh, she's actually an Irish woman, Sinead, uh, that was the first blind athlete to do it. And so like, wow. yeah, there's, there's amazing, amazing people that do this kind of event. My friend, uh, Beth, uh, she is, um, has brain tumors and she completed it in 2017. So like there's people with like incredible, incredible stories that are out there doing amazing things. It's, and, it's like the know. next Marvel film. It's like <laughs> they're all going to run like this logistically impossible event. It just needs to yeah. be hit by lightning, and then yeah. they're all gonna. It's just well, and then we, and then yeah, you get you like superpowers, right? During or we get bit by spiders or something. <laughs> yeah. Bit by penguin. Yeah. And how the the race is then just for the fifty people. Yeah, the races for the 50 people, um, there are some times where, like, locals will come out and run with you, but they don't really score in the results. And where where do they tend to be? Are they Is it the nearest car park? Are they actually quite nice routes, typically? No, usually the routes are very basic. Um, so they're probably as um, generic a route as you can get, which is... Uh, sounds like it would be miserable, but it's actually amazing because everybody is so just tired, tired and, and not, uh, not functioning great. So like, it's usually like, uh, either an out and back, like about a two, two and a half to 4k loop. Mm. And you maybe do it like 10 times, uh, or like, or it's either a loop or like an out and back that you do a bunch. And so like, usually it's just like, one or two aid stations, one on each side, 
and you just run it back and forth, back and forth. Uh, because, you know, sometimes you're rolling in at like, like in Perth, we arrived at like 11 o'clock at night and we ran until like five o'clock in the morning. We saw the sunrise and we were back on the plane. So, and well, like, this is not, this is not like a world tour where you're going to go to like, I know where we'll do it. Niagara <laughs> Falls. I know where we'll do it. We'll do it by the Taj Mahal. Like you literally just have to get off, run it, and then get back on the plane. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, but I mean, what's cool is like Richard is like such a badass. Like he in Perth, like, he had this local marathon club. We got to run from their clubhouse on this sweet bike trail in the middle of the night. And they had like aid stations and music blaring. And then like Amazing. when people like started to finish, like they had like a barbecue going on and like they cooked us like fresh breakfast with like eggs and pancakes <laughs> and like steak. And like uh, they had tons of granola and they were just the coolest people. And he had people <laughs> like that, like, one of the races in Madrid, we ran on a Formula One track. Oh, that's and, very cool. And it was on Chinese New Year. So, like, all these Chinese students came out to support the Chinese people. And they were, like, on the, like, I don't know if you know, but, like, Formula One tracks have a bunch of hills. So, like, I ended up with almost, like, 2,000 feet of climbing in a marathon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I've, run, I've, no, I've run yeah. on one of those. There's one at Silverstone, and there's a marathon on it. And I thought, oh, it'll be flat because it's car racing. It's yeah. not flat. It's well hard. <laughs> Yeah, it was legit hard, dude. I was like, what is this? It's uh, in my head. I thought he might have chosen really small airports so that you basically open the door and they say go and you just run around a tiny airport and then back on the plane because that would be the fastest way. That to sounds horrendous and that's awful. <laughs> I'm not paying $37,000 for that. Yeah, that would probably save you a grand. <laughs> that's penance. That way. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. Yeah, that's actually a cool idea. Like there, I did a race a marathon in the Maldives and like they had a, a airport like that where you could do that. Um, but yeah, it's it's he does a great job like finding interesting places. And, and it's it's I, I don't know. For me, it's like one of my favorite events in the world, for sure. And how does your body like how, how do you plan for sleep and how does your body react? to the different time zones and are you in, in permanent confusion yeah so like i i definitely um i didn't sleep a lot i think like I'd, well, i i want to say i slept maybe like 20 hours or something like over the course of the week like it was not a lot and um i just never really worry about it and i think that's kind of like my, for me that's kind of the key is like not to get hung up on what time it is at home or like it's either like it's whatever time it is and it is and like i don't even care it's just like okay just put it in front of me and i do it and so like i just sleep when you're tired and then deal with it yeah exactly and i'm just like i i just never never get hung up on like oh i had two hours or i had seven hours like i'm just like all right i'm i'm ready to go like tell me when to start and i'll run until you tell me to stop and so, what, what sort of times were you doing, um, Mike? Like, what was your average time for a marathon across those seven days? So the first time I did it in, on a little bit uh, different route was I averaged two hours, 45 minutes. Uh, <laughs> and then this, t this time I averaged, just because we had the kind of like more challenging race in uh, Antarctica and I had some you know if you're on a plane like that you know every if one person gets sick everyone gets sick so i had oh, a little yeah. bit of sickness on the the santiago day and i ran 304 uh so i averaged two hours 54 minutes for the seven marathons 
But then when I did the three at the end, each one of those was faster than the last. So I think, you know, if you average the 10 marathons, I was think below two, two, like in the mid two fifties. So like maybe two fifty two or a little bit on Of those seven, how long would, um, would Antarctica be compared to the rest? uh how much slower or yeah yeah yeah, that one was really slow for me this year i think i ran 314 uh just because i got so hot i had to take my pants off at one point um and then yeah it was just it was just a slow day and like there was a big headwind on the backside so and, and if, if you had a perfect run on them all what what do you reckon's possible uh i think i think definitely you could try to go sub 240 like if you were um super fit or you got somebody that was like like i know there's a guy named yuki who won the boston marathon who's talked about it and oh, he's run. badass yeah yeah i love that guy yeah uh, and i think if he did it you know he's so much faster than me like he could probably average like 230 or something you know or even i don't know maybe the last dude the way he runs like i don't know he's a badass so so does everybody have to be that fast because i imagine there's cutoffs because obviously people will get back mm. on the plane right yeah so yeah no no it's no, not at all. Like, that's the cool thing about the World Marathon Challenge and the way that Richard's designed it. So you have people that are, you know, doing like five or six hour marathons. And I'd say most people finish in around they kind of like the average marathon time, like four hours, four and a half hours. Um, but it's cool. Like people are really finding themselves during this event. Like it's one of those things where you really see people grow from the first day to like the fifth day i'd say you know is kind of the most growth and then the last day everyone is just changed and it's so cool to see and if you say you're injured on day two do people then just fly around in misery yeah actually yeah one of the ladies um was injured and she he actually offered for the first time i think it might have been this year or last year a half marathon option and so uh, she down um, she she went down to the half marathon challenge uh, and she was able to kind of walk it in the time while we were doing the marathon. Oh, so like nice. that yeah. that was pretty amazing because she her leg was completely like black and blue from like where she had torn something and um, and then there was the first time I did it one of my buddies. Um, got uh hurt and he ended up you know dropping out you know so like that does happen and it's kind of unfortunate but you know that's kind of like any race you know sometimes you know there's there's a big part of uh marathon to side where people are are shipped over to the other side where they're just you know hanging out because you know things didn't turn out the way they wanted and you know that's that's i mean anytime you're doing anything this extreme like you know there's stuff that can happen and can um i guess you eat all your meals on the plane then do you uh for the most part you can eat um i take a lot of food if i can Mm. um but yeah you um if you get done ahead of time you can kind of scoot off and and try to find food you know it's kind of hard at like two o'clock in the morning though and (laughs) uh, a lot of the races this time were at night so it's just kind of when you get in and then you know, sometimes like you can, if depending on what terminal you go into and like some of the airports, you can try to find food there also. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things where you got to kind of be, um, pragmatic and, and take advantage of the opportunities when they present themselves. And, and what is on flight food like? It's actually, it was great, man. The, 
I I was super impressed. Like the um I'm a vegetarian, so like I was, you know, it's worried like oh, they're not going to have food for me cuz I don't eat like cheese either. So like I don't eat any dairy products and so I was like, oh man, I'm going to get hosed. Um but they actually had quite a few vegan options and um Ton, it was really plentiful like they had lots of snacks and you could always get like noodles and rice and kind of granola bars and stuff like that so yeah there was plenty to go around and it was I, actually quality it was like stuff that you'd actually want to eat not like those little tin meals you get on some flights where you're like mm. oh sweet yeah. and i guess do they have a different company prepare them for each place then and that then bring them on or like no, so, on board or? yeah, no. So it's it's the same airline. It's the private airline, and they kind of have their own meal service. So if you've ever flown like first class or business class, it's kind of mm. like those type of meals, like you know, nice, like good stuff. Uh, and then what Richard would also do in the team was they would contact like like I said in Perth, like they had like that local running club, like prepare food and bring food. Um, so you could also eat at the end of the races or before if you needed to, like in Santiago, like he ordered like, I don't know, 50 like Neapolitan pizzas, which was awesome. Like, <laughs> you know, just to have at the finish line and, um, and then, you know, people like bringing stuff out and, you know, in Miami, my wife and kids were there. So, you know, I was able to get food that way. Um, but it's, it, it was one of those things where I, it's kind of like, I was worried about it, but it wasn't even a thing. And, and what, what would you say is the hardest part? of seven seven uh i think the hardest part is trying to stay healthy just like anything in in one of those events is like you know there's the fatigue you get uh physically but also like just being in close quarters with that many people uh especially like you're traveling to so many different places like Mm. just like you know keeping up on like washing your hands and like um being smart about like what what you eat like because it can be exciting you're like oh sweet i've never been to dubai maybe i should try like (laughs) something weird and like just being like know that you know it's a it's a seven day race and like you gotta because a lot of times after a race like you want to treat yourself right you're like oh sweet i've been thinking of like big mac and fries or like i'd be on that private jet with like champagne (laughs) yeah exactly and a steak and then be like oh shit i've got to get up and do it again in a minute (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, that's the trick yeah so you got to be like oh yeah i got to do that again tomorrow and just be mindful of that because i think that's where people can get into trouble it's like oh uh, I went out really hard. Like, oh, I'm not going to let that person pass me. And then you got to be like, oh, how am I going to feel on day four? You know, so like, um, but also like kind of forgetting that on day four and not be like, oh, I already have 120 miles in my legs, you know. Um, and, and did you have people you, to race then or was it all against the clock? No, I definitely um, there was a, a triathlete that I actually raced in 2017. That's always tough. And then um you know, there's, there's always people like, um, it's fun. I mean, that's, that's the cool, the cool thing about it is like, there's people that are, you know, this is their big thing and they've prepared really hard for it. And, mm. um, you know, they want to do really well. And what, but know, what, if, so what you. if you get on the plane and you're like, your, your enemies there, you're like your massive nemesis, the guy that's going to uh, take you down. Like, do you spend the whole time smack talking each other and not sitting together on the plane? I don't know. I haven't had that happen yet. That I don't so know. I'm, yeah, that would be like, 
you know, like one of those like UFC fights, like Conor McGregor, like uh, yeah. May- Mayweather or something. Little Ultraman is squaring up to each other with granola bars. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it's funny. I'm like, I'm super into chess. And so like I was, I, I saw that they have chess boxing. So, you know, maybe we could settle yeah. like... Like I gotta, I gotta get on that somehow. Like I, I, you guys actually have it over there in London. I see it quite. Right. I've been wanting to do this for years. What? Are you, ask, are you asking me? Are you asking me? Oh what my gosh! Yeah, dude, I would totally do that. I, I'd probably lose it to... both, but I'd be up for that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, man, that would be. Are you rated? Uh, I mean, I rate myself. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, 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 well, I mean, I'm not raided, but I was chess captain for three years of my junior school. I mean, wow. does it get, it get bigger than that? I, I, well, since I've been playing in tournaments and I've been getting my ass kicked by like six-year-olds, like I will take that as you're pretty good then. No, I've not played since. I'd be dreadful, but I'd, I'd, it, it would be good because it would mean I'd have to stall for time in the chess and have to try and go for a knockout in the third <laughs> round to try and win. So uh, we can make this happen. Yeah, yeah I'm that, that, this. that sounds fun, man. Let me know. Just so you know, this is doing nothing for the credibility of ultra runners at all. <laughs> We're both going to break our wrists. The yeah. first. <laughs> you, you don't sound cool. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and. And uh, with with the te- the ten and ten, then was that because the record was there, and you you thought might as well? Well, actually, yeah. I mean, I thought that that was something that I could go for. I was a little bit uh, disappointed with how my run went the first day, so I was like, oh, I don't even know if I should try for it. But um, I was like, oh, I'll just I'm just gonna keep going and see how it goes, and uh, it ended up working out pretty well. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, oh man. Like that sucks to like fail on the first day. <laughs> like I was like, oh, that's that's not that's not the way I wanted to start this. Um, but you know that's that happens just based on the conditions. You can only do what you can do. And so then, so I was like, oh yeah, I'll keep do- going, and I did, and it worked out. So then you you mentioned you then went out to Israel um, for the for the trail. What, what where does the trail actually go across Israel? Oh man, it's so cool! It, so it starts in a, a town called Alak. Oh yeah, uh, or, or by the sea, isn't it? Yeah, it, well, I guess it starts or, or finishes sea, yeah. depending on which way you run it, right? So I ran it um, uh, south to north. So starting in Alak and running to a place called Kibbutz Dan. Kibbutz is just kind of like a collective. Yeah. Um, which I didn't really know much about until I I started this. Um, this research for the the project and and uh, was the inspiration just because you wanted to see the the place or um you know have you got a family connection or anything like that or? no it was totally this guy zoli that i met at the coastal challenge in in costa rica he said like hey have you ever heard of um have you ever thought about uh, trail running in israel and i was like no like is that even a thing like uh, he's like, oh my God, it's the best trails in the world. And I was like, okay, dude, I've met so many people and like, I've been a lot of places. Like everyone tells me that their trails are the best. Like, seriously, like <laughs> he's like, no, no, they're great. And I was like, okay, I, I sure, you know, I'll check it out. And so he's like, Hey, you got to come. And, uh, and my wife, I, um, just being an American, like we were a little bit nervous about, um, security and just like what what does it mean to be you know an american running in the middle of the desert like completely alone at times like 
is that safe? And so I went um, December of 2018 and ran a race called the Hyrus Ultra Marathon, which I didn't even know they had like big ultra marathons in Israel. And it was amazing. And I was like, wow, this is like, it's kind of like I was talking about the food. It was like all the things I was worried about, like, I was also worried like, Hey, is there going to be food I can eat there that's safe? You know? Cause I, every time I go to like China or somewhere, I always get super sick. And so like, <laughs> I was like, I want to make sure if I'm going to try to do a, something for 10 days that, um, that I'm you know going to be able to do it and not feel like death. And mm. so I like went and the food is amazing and the people are incredibly cool. And I was just like, uh, yeah, I really want to do this. And so, um, that kind of turned into like Zoli's passion for it. Like it's, I don't know if you know, but like when you, you meet somebody and they're really into something, like it just fires me up and like, he was so <laughs> into it, it like kind of rubbed off on me and then it became my own thing. So that's the problem with ultra runners. They've got that thing where you don't think you want to run an ultra until you meet an ultra runner. And then you're like, damn it. They've been, they've put it. In me. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's why you should never go drinking with an enthusiastic ultra runner. Cause you'll end up like that. <laughs> Yeah, or especially one that's got access to the internet because you wake up the next day and you're signed up to something completely ludicrous. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Because are you thinking now, with, I mean, is that something that appeals to you more in the future, more FKTs and more trails? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, that's, like, one of the biggest things I want to do is, like, I want to – I well, and this is – this is one of the things like that are, another one of the reasons like selfishly I wanted to do the run across Israel is mm. I, I want to run across all the continents. And so like, um, you know, if, if you want to do that, you should probably know if you can run for 10 days or however long it takes to do the trail. Right. And so like, I, uh, I was like, this will be a good exploration of like what it means for me to like push myself for that long because if i want to run across my next big goal is i really want to run across the u.s and yeah um and that's like the fastest anyone's done it is a little over 40 days and so like oh you're gonna get for the record well i i mean i'd like to to think that it'd be something that could be in the realm of possibility i just think pete did such a great job like it's a, it's going to be a tough record to, yeah. to go for, but it's more about just, I want to have that experience of like what it feels like. Like I want to like see the, see the countryside. I want to, I want to really, you know, explore. And, and I think that would be a great way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, we've, we spoke to Rob Pope, who did it three times and it sounds like an incredible, incredible experience. Um, and yeah. Um, and, and in terms of your, your kind of past, because you've had some, you've had some pretty funky records, things like fastest Elvis for a marathon, fastest superhero. Yep. Have they all been, have they been for motivation? Have they just been for shits and giggles or have they been training for other things? No, What's that it's, weird it's, noise, um, by the way? <laughs> oh, sorry. I just started running. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, we, we uh, can I'm do running that. to my appointment, so can you hear <laughs> Can you, is it messing it up or no? No, no it's no, quite it funny, it but this is yeah. literally the first time anyone's been on the podcast whilst running. <laughs> oh, is... yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I just started. It's, I have like a, a, about a 10K run. So I was like, if I want to make it there by two, I got to leave now. <laughs> perfect, perfect. perfect. Um, yeah, no, I just, I've always liked to try to keep things interesting. And so yeah. 
one of the ways to do that is to, you know, take on these challenges. And I'll see something and I'll be like, oh, that looks cool. I could probably do that. And have you, have you taken any on that have actually been a lot harder or have gone badly? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, I, I set the world record on the treadmill. Um, oh. And then uh, a buddy of mine broke my record by, like, a minute. And I was like, oh, I'll just get it back. And I tried, like, two or three times. And, like, each time I, like, would overheat because I do it in, like, uh, expo in front of like you know like five thousand people and it'd be like way too hot and i'd be like oh god so i had to i, I like ended up in the r once um oh, wow yeah <laughs> my wife's like you need to go i was like i'm fine i'm fine like i totally like passed out with like less than a kilometer to go <gasps> while it was moving <laughs> yeah i just wow off it. my wow. mother-in-law said like, they said, like, have you ever seen those, like, wiggly guys at, like, car dealerships? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what they would call me for, like, a year. They're like, <laughs> yeah, you're like a wiggly guy. But at least it's entertaining, right? Because what you saw run on a treadmill was boring unless something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, and I think that's why a lot of people actually come and watch people run on a treadmill. They're like, oh, they might fall off. Like. <laughs> Is it hard to keep concentration to not, you know, put your foot too far forward or, or go off? Um, it's sometimes if you're not paying attention, you can clip the sides. Like I actually was running a lot on the treadmill last week when we were in Alaska for this cruise. And I would be like, oh, is that a whale? And I'd turn my head too much to like try and see it. And all of a sudden I'd clip the side and I'd be like, oh, geez. And I'd like fall off and I'd be like, oh man, everyone's <laughs> like, that guy sucks. Like, I can't even run a treadmill. Because they, at the, at the last, last couple of years in London, uh, London Marathon Expo, they've had this Abbott run as fast as Kipchoge, massive treadmill that's about 10 meters long. Yeah. I know that one, yeah. Now, would that be legal? Would that be allowed? I think so, yeah. Because if you did it on that, you could probably run proper marathon pace. Oh my gosh, I've, well, I, it's actually, I did at the, um, have you guys ever heard of Outdoor Retailer Show? No, no. It's like one of the biggest, like, uh, outdoor shows in the U.S. And they had a thing where, did you guys ever meet a guy named Ryan Hall yet? I know of him, but I've not met him, no. Okay. Well, he, he was like uh, the American record holder and still is for the marathon he ran like 204 and they had like a thing where you could uh you could win a trip to the paris marathon with asics that was his sponsor if you could run his pace the longest uh at this expo like anyone could just do it and i was like oh my god i'm gonna do that like i just done a thing called the have you ever guys ever done a thing called the uphill challenge no no Okay, it's like, I don't know, my story's regressing, but um, <laughs> the uphill challenge is basically two people, two treadmills. They put the treadmills at 15% grade, and you run for 15 minutes, and whoever goes the furthest uh, wins. Amazing. And so I had just got done that, um, and I – actually, it was awesome. I, like, I uh, – I beat some like real uh, big trail runners. 
um, which was, you know, it's kind of cool to beat like the mountain guys at their own thing. Yeah. Um, and then I walked outside and I saw the Ryan Hall thing. I was like, well, sweet, I'm already warmed up. <laughs> oh <Like>, my God. <laughs> so you're ruining I, like, everyone's fun by winning <laughs> everything. Well, no, I didn't win the world, uh, the, <laughs> the treadmill thing. I beat my guy who is Jason Slarb, which is, he's going, uh, he was YouTube my rival at the MDS. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's, he's a stud, dude. He is a stud uh, indeed. <laughs> um, so anyhow, like I get on this thing and it's so funny because I've just watched, like, you know, I had to wait in line. So I've just watched like four people go and they all get knocked off and, um, they, they hook you into like a harness. So it's not like the one that you see at Abbott where the, the people get flung off the back <laughs> into like the foam pit. Yeah. And, uh, I start running and I'm like, huh, what's the furthest anyone's gone? And they're like 25 minutes. And I'm like, okay. So I was like, what do you win again? They're like a trip to Paris. I'm like, okay. And so like I start running and I'm like, okay, I'm going to win that trip. And they're like, yeah, sure. Whatever. And then like 10 minutes in the guy's like, wait a second. Like, and I'm still like looking good, holding four. <laughs> and he's like, are you a pro runner? <laughs> I'm like, wait, what, what difference does that make? And he's like, hold on. And he calls like the lawyer. So they call their lawyer and they're like, yeah, you can't win. And I'm like, really? what? That means nobody can win because running that pace, if you put me on that treadmill, I couldn't run that pace for like yeah. half an hour. But I run a lot of marathons. Yeah. That's not fair. But you, are, you, are you a pro runner? Because you're a full-time job as well, aren't you? Right. That's what I was arguing. Yeah. I was like, I, they're like, well, do you get paid by uh, a running company? And I'm like, I guess. <laughs> But I wouldn't say I'm like a pro runner. I'd say that now just because, you know, it's a different it's level. Cool. But, well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's just a different level, right? But like, yeah. so it was so funny. So I, they're like, you can't win. And I was like, fine, I'm just going to stay on anyhow. <laughs> and so for the whole marathon. I, I no, no, no. I, Did you break the world record? That. No, 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 no. But I broke my. Uh, 5k 10k pr or no my 5k and 8k and then at like 25 minutes i was like i got like one second past the time and i stopped (laughs) (laughs) i was like okay fine (laughs) and did you ever find out who the winner was what's that i'm sorry did you ever find out who the winner was oh yeah it was the guy that ran the time that i beat (laughs) because um because talking about crazy challenges, um, you're, you're kind of semi-famous now for being known as uh, the person who Laz likes to mention as being the number one at Barkley one year. <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't. He gave well, it not. to somebody else. What? How, how did that rumor get out then? I, well, he said, like, I thought about making you the verge or the sacrifice, but he didn't. But I should have been. Like, I definitely... <laughs> I definitely didn't make it very far. How far did you get? Uh, I found uh, all the pages, but I was in, uh, too late to make it around. Oh. So I've gone twice, and I've 
never completed a loop in time. <laughs> and what? <laughs> given your speed, like what's what's stopping you making that loop? Oh, it's me just getting lost. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally me. Like, I just, uh, I the first year I got lost, like right after the first book, <laughs> and then the second year. I tried to get lost there and I was like, I saw the people going the wrong way and I was like, oh, that's not the right way. I know this from last year. And then I went up the mountain the wrong way and I was like, oh, and I still had a time, but then it was just the weather got too bad. So I just got hypothermic with like and three other people. We were like huddled in a cave and oh it was God. just bad. You have to be, yeah. I mean, no one comes to rescue you, do they? Do they? You've got to wait it out. Oh, no, no, no. No, yeah, you got to get back. So, so like, we, when you quit, it was still like two and a half hours to get back. <laughs> <laughs> so, is this unfinished business for you? Is this something you've, I mean, do you want to go back? Will you go back? Oh, yeah. If he'll let me in, I mean, I'd love to go back. And I almost went back this year, but it was the week after I had done the Israel Trail. and I was like, I'm not stealing a spot from somebody else when I mean, there's no chance of me finishing. I've got to admit, there's a big part of me that wants you, you to get back every year and for you to never finish one lap. <laughs> yeah, that would make amazing. me very happy. <laughs> yeah. I, I think next time I go, I should be able to do one lap. But you never know. And you're not tempted second time to just like sit on John Kelly's shoulder or something like that? Well, yeah, that's that's a good strategy. But he's just way too fast. Oh, is he? So, is is he quicker than you as a runner, or is he quicker than you on that terrain? Oh yeah, not as a runner, but okay. on that terrain, yeah. And like, is that is that ups downs all of it? It's um, it's not the ups actually. He and I did a training run. Like mm. he is strong on the ups. It's the downhills. He's just reckless. Oh right. Um, like not reckless for him, but reckless for me. <laughs> like, like he looks so smooth. It's yeah. just way faster than I can go. And like, is so is that technique or is that mentality? Uh, I think it's both. Like, he's super technically savvy and strong, yeah. and then he's confident, and he also grew up there. Yeah. So, like, he really knows that terrain, and like it's just being confident. Like putting your like foot in mud and knowing that you're gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's totally true. Like I I was running in Scotland earlier in the year and I fe- I, my, I had an eye infection. I had to take my contacts out, fell over twice, and after that my confidence had gone. Not because mm. I'm shit at running down hills or not mountains, but because I'd fallen over. And I think having that confidence says going downhill says a lot. I think a lot of proper fell trail runners. That they're not necessarily quicker. They just have it, like, and yeah. they trust their feet. And I'm just rubbish at that. Which yeah, we... and I mean, I've I've really gotten better. Like, even I did your race, the man versus horse, this year. Oh, oh nice! Yes. It was, <laughs> oh, it was so awesome. And I, and I, uh, I loved it. I came in, I think third. And, oh, amazing! Uh, I almost got, um, like, he's super fast. Um, He's like a local guy. Uh, he's like a New Zealand runner. Oh my god, I'm totally blanking on his name. Paul right now. Martinetti. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, Paul. Oh my god, he's so cool. And he's like totally taking that Spider-Man record and run with it, like literally. Oh, did he take it off you? Oh yeah, 
Ah, oh, brilliant. Yeah, he's quick as well. Actually. He's very quick. Oh, yeah. He's a super cool guy, too. Yeah, um, yeah. But, like, he's just not a good trail runner. And, like, I almost caught him, but my legs were just trash from Israel. Because we, we, we spoke to, um, we interviewed Jay Dale a couple of weeks ago, and he, he, he won, but he was something like 46 seconds behind the horses. So he didn't get the money. Absolutely oh, nothing. That was, um, that was two years ago, I think. Two years ago, that's right. Yeah, because so, this year uh, the horses kicked our butts. So would, would you be, like, are you tempted then to actually train for those downhills? Like, to, to just go out for a week and to leg it down mountains? Oh, yeah. Like, that's, I mean, I'm, I mean, that's all stuff, like, it just takes going. And, like, I think for Barkley in general, it's just going there and, putting time in in the park and getting to know where you are Mm. um it's kind of like pledging a fraternity i say it's like you just gotta put your time in or like when you first join a team it's like you know as a rookie or a freshman you know it's just just building up confidence and trust and and figuring out what you need to do so do do you think you could ever do three do five uh yeah definitely i mean i think that's something like is in my skill set. I just need to work on some things. Which is nice to have, actually, isn't it? To, to still have yeah. something to be able to improve and like aim for. Oh my gosh, it's made me such a better runner. Like, and that's what I think the point of the race is. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's cool to like say you did it, but I'd rather not have done it and gotten better as an athlete. And I know that helped me in Israel. Like when things aren't working out, like. Just to be like, okay, I can't control that, but I can control this. And I know what I need to do. And I know how to, like, they, we had a, uh, a problem with the cars getting to us. And yeah. so instead of them resupplying us, like, they were gone for like 10 hours because they got, they got stuck in mud and they just couldn't <laughs> get there. And it was like, okay, well, I've got, you know, one goo left and I've got like... <laughs> Uh, half of water and I was like oh now I'm out of water and what does everyone else have all right well you know that's kind of like Barkley it's like no one's coming to get you so like we're gonna figure this out ourselves and are you, are, you tend, are you tempted to take on stuff like the backyard backyard jam a backyard challenge sorry oh yeah yeah that looks fun yeah like those those races look like super interesting to me and like also like I, I, it's cool. I've been able to use what I learned there to do like last year at this time I ran 300 K and set like an FKT on one of the long local trails here. Um, kind of like your team's path, I guess. Right. Or, yeah. or the canal yeah. race that you guys have. Yeah. 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 So yeah, like all that stuff is stuff that I really enjoy. And we've we've got a few questions coming up. We've still got time, but um, um, so what what have you got left? Would you say in terms of like records that you'd like to attempt, or in terms of challenges that that really pique your interest? Yeah, I mean the the run across the U.S. Mm. for sure. Mm. Uh, and then like I actually think it'd be fun to run across the U.K. Oh, like do it because you have that like it's called the joggle, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was hoping to do the Bob Graham round when I was there. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'll get Killian's record, but just to do it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, 
there's a, I really want to run across the Panama Canal. Like, I think that would be super cool just because I'm in shipping. Like, I've, I've actually done that. Do I've it. done that. Oh I've my gosh, it. really? Yeah, I did it last year in one day. Yeah, that's horrendous. exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How did you do it? Did you do it? Like, did you sort the logistics yourself? Or? No, I actually went out as a test pilot for a, another race in Panama. And the day before, the guy that was organizing the um, the recce was like, we'll just do this for fun. Like, we've tried to do it three or four times and we've not managed. And he's oh, like, it's, okay. it's about this far. And it involved kayaking nine miles along the canal to get into the jungle, to run along the pipeline. Okay um okay so that so because there is a large body of water there obviously and you know i'm great but i can't run across water um (laughs) because it's the jungle because it's the jungle that runs along the panama the the canal the pipeline you can't you can't plan it like it's not a track and so you're hacking through this thick jungle and it's spikes everywhere everything wants to kill you no gps no we had a guy who literally had no idea where he was going uh, and it took us I think all in it took us about 18 hours but this is okay. like a bunch of people who are very mediocre ultra runners not <laughs> anywhere near your level so I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that you can have you can have a look at my map if you want um, but uh, I'm pretty sure you'd be able to do a lot faster than me but the jungle's brutal we thought we were going to be in there for 13 hours uh, 13 miles sorry we been there for 18 miles and obviously there's no snack shops in yeah. there so I started to get hungry it was just hilarious and awful but at the same time it was an amazing thing to do but yeah i reckon you could go and smash that one out and yeah you... i mean i think i actually talked to somebody there is a race at some point um and so like i thought oh that would be really neat to just kind of jump into that but also well, like we can probably intro could... you to the to the organizers and because yes. i'm sure they'd be interested in the promo of you oh yeah yeah the, the actual event mike is Panama coast to coast so you run from uh, one ocean to the other across Panama it's yes. two marathons along the road and then four or five days self-sufficient in the jungle um, so it's not a race it's more of a can you do this but believe me it is the single hardest thing I've ever done Bye. <laughs> awesome okay yeah I'd love to learn more about it great we'll email you yeah perfect okay well have we got time for a few questions uh, from the from the group you still got time Mike oh yeah dude I'm uh I'm still like 20 minutes from where I need to be. So the, the first one actually is just about because um, you, you've had a full-time job like throughout this. Like, how have you managed to train and and stay fit for so many years? <laughs> yeah, man, it's so crazy. Like, I started my full-time job in 1996, so I've been an international shipbroker since then, and have been able to keep it up and still like kind of you know do this. Uh, this crazy running stuff and I think it's kind of like anything it's like you have to make the time for it right like you never find the time you have Mm. to make the time and I think for me that's waking up early like no one usually needs you at like four o'clock in the morning or 445 you know Mm. that's time where you can you can gain some time there and then kind of like this is like oh now I have just transitioned to working from home, but um, before I would run 10K or seven, eight miles to my office and then run home and just make that part of my day. And so that I think has been really an efficient way to kind of keep the training up. And then, you know, with the advent of like internet and email being what it is, is I can kind of do my job anywhere, which is nice. Mm-hmm. 
Although I think sometimes working from home actually it gives you too much. Um, it doesn't doesn't give you enough structure, so it actually oh, that can kills end me. Up... It kills me because I do it and I sit here and procrastinate about when I'm going to go for a run. Whereas yeah. when I worked in an office, I'd run to the office and then run back from the office again. Yes, and actually I've kind of just been experiencing that, like this trying to navigate. Like, and I just met a guy named Ian. Uh, I did the Hood to Coast relay last weekend. And he was telling me about something called the ideal week. Mm. And it's basically like scheduling your week. And it's not perfect, but it's kind of like what your intention is for it. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's something I'm really looking forward to like kind of delving into. Um, But, you know, just saying like, okay, even though I work from home, like, you know, from five until seven, I'm not going to check email. Yeah. And like, I'm... I'm terrible about that. Like I'm always accessible. Um, and so like I never disassociate one from the other. Um, but it also allows me to kind of keep up on everything. So I'm like, uh, I don't know, but I agree with you about like, you know, I always, I know once the kids go back to school, mm. like I'm going to, you know, go for a run. Like I normally did when I'd go to the office and then, you know, be at my desk at a certain time mm. and then be ready to get, you know, stuff done. Now, we've, we've had a few, a little, it seems like a little bit of controversy we, we asked in our group um, about the 10 in 10. Some of them are saying to do with, is it, is it a world record? Is it not? Was there another 10 in 10 or? Um, yeah, you know so about this? yeah, so exactly. Yeah, there's another guy. I think he's mm. actually a British guy that has run uh 10 and 10 also mm. and i don't think he submitted to guinness um oh really so i or his hasn't been approved like it wasn't certified and so like i still need to do the paperwork to get mine certified too so like it definitely i know there's another guy that's done it um supposedly my time is his time is faster um but it's not ratified so um so based oh, on the time that's ratified i have a faster time so i need to get mine ratified too so they might say yeah and we're not going to ratify yours either but yeah we'll see. i know it's, it's a hard one something like that isn't it because actually guinness rules can be pretty wanky and, <laughs> oh my uh, gosh well unless you do it at the london marathon that's yeah. a good that's a good solution like if you can have an arbitrator there but i mean that takes a lot of money yeah, absolutely. Because you think you'll do you think you'll be racing in the UK in the future? Oh yeah, I hope so. But like, I mean, they have to be there to see you do whatever the event is, you know. And um, another question: What's your favorite dance move from Fortnite? <laughs> um, I kind of like type. I don't think I did that one the best, but I kind of like that one. <laughs> You're going to do the whole 10 in 10 next year just so you can get the dances right this time. <laughs> um, I would love to. I don't I don't know if it's going to work out. You know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, it's it's something I've already done a couple times. So there's so many things that I want to do and cool adventures that, you know, I hope to be able to do it again. I just don't know when that will be. 
this, so I'm just quickly reading down. We get most of our questions you see tend to be um, artificial. I've got one. I've got one for Mike that I've come up with while we're talking, which I'm actually okay, interested sure. to ask. Right? Would you consider, because of all the planes that you got when you were doing the whole seven and seven thing, what if they were to put a treadmill on the plane so you were actually running the entire route on the planes and when you got off the planes? Oh my so God! Running around the world. That. Oh, that would be so rad. I thought about that too. It's like, cause I just did that cruise and you could totally, you know, do that between the ports, you know, like run a marathon between all the ports. Yeah, actually actually run around, around the, world. the world. Yeah. Like you could totally do that. I think could, you should do that. That's the next thing you should do. Is there a plane? I want to run in space. Like that was one of the things we talked about that you were like, what do you want to do next? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I want to yeah. run around the moon. Like if we run go to the moon. Me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Seven FKT around the moon. So I like went to a NASA launch this year, trying to like get a worm in their ear, but <laughs> no luck yet. Wow. I think a better angle is someone like Richard Branson, or yes, uh, or the um the car Elon guy. Musk. Elon Musk, yeah, because yeah. they yeah, they're exactly. PR savvy. Yes. And do, have you researched it about what it's like to run in space, or would you need specific suits, or like to be strapped How down? How can you or... research it? Who are you gonna ask? <laughs> well, you've well, got the, that British guy did it on a treadmill, didn't he, Tim? Somewhere. Yeah. Else. Well, there's the people that have run like the Boston Marathon in space, like on the day on the space station. Yeah. But I actually, I think that would be cool to like try to set that record. But also, I think like actually running on the surface of the moon would be amazing. Yeah, or Mars. Be... Yeah, I mean, Mars, I think, is probably a little bit ambitious. A little bit out of the reach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> On the moon, though, I mean, I guess you would be slow, wouldn't you? Because just how long... I don't know. Would you, though? Because it's like, you don't have as much gravity. So I feel like yeah. if you're, like, running on an Alter-G, like a treadmill, have you, I don't know if you've ever done that. Yeah, I've, I've seen them. So, yeah, potentially. I mean, and you'd, the, the trouble is, when you uploaded your Strava data, people would um, contest it because you wouldn't have the right number of, uh, like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, what's it called, the right um, number of steps per minute. Yeah, probably. They'd be like, oh, he's on a, he's on a bike. He'd be accused of Rob Younging, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, um, and the last one from Gareth's uh, Sparrowhawk. If you could race any race again, what would it be? Um, hmm. I'd like, hmm. I think it's kind of probably the ones that you don't have success with. Like, I'd like, I I ended up having to drop out of the Spark Tathlon a couple of years ago because I was dumb. And hmm. it's like one of those things where I'd like to go back and do that the right way. What, what um, went wrong? Uh, I got, believe it or not, I got hypothermia because <laughs> uh, I was so badly chafed that I wasn't really moving. I was running like, you know, 48 mo- minute kilometers. So basically like zombie. What, how far like, into it was it? Uh, I ended up dropping out around 119 miles. So, you know, a fair way. Definitely, you know, once you go over the mountain and stuff. Did you just but, choose the wrong shorts, or was it... Um, it was just so humid, mm-hmm. um, and I should have worn, like, compression shorts, yeah. which I always wear for long races now after that, yeah. but I didn't, and so, yeah, I was just wearing, like, little bun hugger, yeah. like, you know, Tighty split wifey. shorts. Yeah. Yeah, and that was just, you know, it was just a bad, 
a bad choice, and especially you, with that humidity. Do you think you will head back? Yeah, it's definitely at some point if they'll have me back. You know, it's like one of those things where, yeah. you know, you'd like to like to think they would, but I hope so. You need to set like up I, a year where you uh, you do the Barclay, you do uh, you do the Spartathlon. It's like your year of addressing failure. Yes, that's a great idea. Actually, I, I was thinking about that when you were starting with that question. I was like, huh. But like, that's a, I like to kind of explore so many things. Like, you know, I think I could still do that and still have new adventures too. Yeah, and if you survive it all, just a massive boxing match for Christmas. Boxing yeah. day, boxing day, boxing match. Yes. <laughs> I've actually, I've actually got a top tip for you, Mike, on the old um, chaffage front. Because I've been yes. talking to this company in the US called Uberlube. Have you heard about yep. them? No. Uberlube, amazing. First <laughs> off, Uberlube. Uberlube, Uber, like the cars, yeah. lube, yep. like the lube. So okay. silicon-based lube, and it is, the, and basically, you know, it's for sexy times, whatever you want to use it for. But they <laughs> actually sponsor ultra runners because so, so many people started using it, and because it's silicon. <laughs> It won't come off in humidity. So literally, they sent me some, and it's amazing. Um, uh, that's, uh, that's like, I was lucky. I found, so, you know, I went on a quest, too, after that, because I was like, I'm never having that happen again. And mm-hmm. I found Squirrel's Nut Butter. So I don't know if you've tried that, but. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's great, too. But this yeah. stuff's great because it's not water-based. So when you get wet and humid, it doesn't come off. It's yes. like basically putting, like, engine oil on your body. Um, nice. And I'm using it, and it's amazing, but it's only available in the US, like direct from them or on Amazon here. But um, you should get in touch with them because they do they do work with ultra runners, lots of them, because everyone's like, this is the best ever. So um, awesome. that might save okay. you. They, they can sponsor good you tip. to go back to Spartathlon. <laughs> cool, Perfect. good tip. Well, um, have you got any more, any more questions, Ali, or anything you wanted to cover, Mike? I'm all good. I've had all my questions answered. Now I'm, yeah. never, I'm definitely never doing the Barclay Marathons. Uh, Even though every time I watch the documentary, I'm like, how hard can it be? But every time I talk to someone like Mike, who's a superhero, I'm like, yeah, it's quite hard. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's, I think if you had the right skill set, though, I mean, it's obviously, it's like designed to test you to the limits, but I think I just, I need a better skill set. And I think, you know, one of the other races I didn't mention, and so like, is I want to do the Iditarod. Like, oh, yeah. so, so that's pretty, and actually, uh, one of the things I've been talking about is rowing across the Atlantic. So like, if I do that, I'll make sure I let you guys know. Oh, great. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought be it'd be cool if you like run across America and then you jump in a boat and row across you, the Atlantic. You're then going to cycle across Europe? Oh, no. oh, don't try now we're talking. <laughs> don't, don't force them into something that nobody wants. Yeah, to do. that's true. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that that was one of my plans actually to, to swim underwater the channel to then uh, bike back on one of those pedlos and then to get an absorb and run across the other way. But sadly, shipping lanes and and such prevented it. Yeah, shipping lanes oh, and sanity fun, prevented fun. it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mike, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been absolutely epic. Yeah, thanks, guys. And um, if if you make it over to the UK again, let us know, and we'll uh, we'll take you out for a beer and a run. And uh, also let yeah, let us know what your plans are. And if people want to follow you or to kind of track what you do in the future, what's the best way for them to uh, to see what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I do a lot on uh, social media, so I'm on like 
I'm just at Mike Wardian, and that's W-A-R-D like dog, I-A-N like Nancy on Instagram, Twitter, and then Michael Wardian on uh, Facebook. So, yeah. Perfect. Well, thanks again. Good luck. Enjoy your massage and uh, good luck with all those challenges. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers, Mike. Bye. Bye. Whoa, what do you think of that? Well, I'm um, I'm a little bit speechless, if I'm honest, because I went on the website when you told me who he was and sort yeah. of skimmed it. I was like, oh, whatever, seven marathons in seven days, seven continents, boring, seven this, seven that. Everyone's done that. And then when you're like, hang on a minute, I hadn't thought about getting between the continents. I just thought that maybe the continents were joined. And, you, you know, like yeah. if you run between France and Belgium, you can just nip over. Or like England and Scotland, you nip over and you're in another country. But it's not like that at all, is it? Yeah, the fact you're not doing anything except running a marathon or flying for yeah. seven days. Yeah, because in my head, I'm like, he's going to go and fly somewhere glorious like Cape Town, get out of his hotel, run a marathon, go back yeah. to bed. Go, and then, But it's not like that at all. It sounds like it is so intense. Yeah, I'd love to see it filmed, actually. They should make a documentary about it because, yeah. as Mike said, there'd be incredible stories from the people doing it. But also, it's such a different challenge. Um, and even, I, I haven't really got a, I can't picture what the plane, the inside's like. Like, how much space do you actually get? Are they? I can picture it because I've been on those planes with. Yeah. I've been on those planes in my uh, previous life as a uh, music industry insider. Been on a couple of private jets. They're pretty big. Yeah. Um, they're very comfortable. They've got great big seats. The recline, and it's basically like being in first class. Um, oh, okay. So, but you know, when you've, especially when you're running as hard as he is. You're going to ache like a fucker. You're going to be like, like hell, aren't you? Yeah. And you're going to want to stretch out. You're going to want to have a shower. Then yeah. if you've got showers on, you're going to want to get changed. You're going to want to have that little bit of mental space where you're like, I just want a bit of time to think about what I've done and what yeah. I'm doing tomorrow. There's no personal space. And even if you do get the business class flights, the, the beds are not that comfortable and you're still cramped up and there's still noise and... And also, you know, traveling tires you out, like yeah. regardless of how you travel, yeah. it tires you out. So, you know, when we did um, Namibia. It's shit there for the whole time, isn't it? Yeah, really shit. And, you know, when we did Namibia, we flew back from Namibia via, went to Cape Town, flew from Cape Town back to Heathrow, six hour changeover, got back on the plane to Miami, got off the plane, slept, got back on the plane and went to Panama and then started the Panama recce. That nearly killed me. Because it, it was just constant traveling. And even when you do yeah. sleep, you're not, you're like, what am I doing next? Where's the next place I'm going? What do I need to organize? You're dehydrated all the time from flying. Yeah. Your legs yeah. ache. You And you're just, it's horrible. So to do that and to be running two hour, 15 minute marathons <laughs> for seven days, the stress of getting to airports, it's just, it's insane. Yeah, and that's the thing, trying try to stop your body from shutting down. He said, um, he did say when we were talking another time, that apparently the plane used to be for U2's tour. Oh, so, it's pr- uh, probably quite nice then, I'd imagine. Yeah, but I, can you imagine the smell of that plane by day six? Oh, my God, because everyone would be changing. Well, in fact, we didn't even ask about things like showers. Well, and... Think about your MDS tent, right? Yeah. Think about what that was like, because I don't know, I've never done that. I yeah. do know what it's like to be in close proximity with people in like the jungle but it does, it's not tense so you're not 
everything sort of stinking. But think about the state of that tent and people mm. picking their feet and all that. Mm. Now think about that on a plane. Yeah, God, yeah, with all the air being rotated round for the whole seven days. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to think how much money I'd have to have for me to think I could I could justify what, 35 grand. That's, I mean, the MDS, we always take the piss of it being really expensive. That's 10 MDSs. <laughs> this is for people that have got either won the lottery, right, or mm. have had someone die or have or work for like some massive corporate banking people that, have, mm. that get bonuses of 200 grand a year. And do you know what? There are a lot of them out there. There really are. Yeah. It's great. If they want to do something like this, then that's amazing because it's a lot of the time they'll go and raise a load of money for charity. But that was a funny bit. I was like, yeah, yeah, go and raise a lot of money for charity. But you could always give the 37 grand to charity and not go and do it. It's yeah. Well, but the the thing that's the thing. If you're going to raise money for charity to do something like that, you've got to raise a fuck of a lot to feel like because you you really always need to raise more than you're paying, or else it mm-hmm. feels like you're cheating the system. Uh, or, or it just feels like I wouldn't a... be surprised if you get if you got someone high profile, like if you got yeah. someone really high profile. I don't know. Let, let's say Ed Sheeran, right? And you were a charity, and he supported your charity. You'd pay for him to go and do that because you yeah. know that he'd raise two I'd million pay, pounds. I'd pay for Ed Sheeran to do that just so to would see I. what happens. Because it would yeah. be funny. He'd probably still be smiling at the end of it. Wouldn't of course he? he would. He'd just be singing his lol in his way around. But you know, <laughs> you know, if if there is, there are people who have got pre- even if you go back to corporate banking or like hedge fund management, those people yeah. know people that will give them fifty grand for charity so it's worth them buying that place because four people giving them 50 grand is going to more than cover that amount of money right yeah, so they do better we forget we forget like because we're normal i say normal poor human beings yeah. that those people do exist but they do exist and they are everywhere so those people everywhere just by just by ali and i one ticket each so yeah. we want just one ticket each and we'll one. raise about <laughs> a thousand pounds (laughs) yeah well just two pounds a month just two pounds a month uh... you can sponsor two poor do-padders to go and do something they probably can't finish (laughs) i think i do like the challenge of it though and and but i think um like the fact that he's raced it as well like he was going for that record is such a different experience to just just trying to finish because i think we could all finish it because you could just walk it yeah, um, but I don't think I'd enjoy it if I was just going to finish it because it's not a beautiful route, is it? Yeah, you're not going to the seven wonders of the world. And then you're just you're just spending all that time. It's like doing the three peaks challenge. It's just well, amazing doing the peaks, but bloody hell, there's more driving than than you're actually on the peaks for. Yeah. And so I think if I was doing it just to finish, I'd be so bored and just be like, why am I doing this? Whereas if you've always actually on the edge of what you can do i think um just i think that's more... that's the difference though between you as a as a competitive endurance runner person and bob hoskins man who's tubby yeah you know, wealthy not healthy who wants to go and do something that is out of most people's understanding or comprehension of what is possible yeah and he just wants yeah. to get it done so that he can then say to his grandchildren look what i've done or his his, his clients look what i've done because yeah. that's a move that's a power move isn't it to be able to, if you're like one of those guys to be able to go in and be like but i've done this which makes me a superhero so i think it's very different but i'm the same as you in that i wouldn't in, i'd love to if anybody wants to pay 37 grand for me to go and do it please do yeah but I'm not sure because I love to see the wonder of the world, which is why I like yeah. to go to these 
places that are far flung and historic and you know, Malta was so beautiful and there was so much to take in. It's got so much history, especially loads of military history, which is really interesting. Um, they love a fort in Malta, but I love that. I loved, <laughs> I loved running around and seeing all the buildings that yeah. weren't finished, the buildings that have been left. And I don't know if getting out of a plane at two in the morning to run a marathon in Australia to get back on a plane would suit me very well because I'd want to see kangaroos and I'd want to see the, yeah. the, the, the desert, the outback and the dingoes. Like, so it's a hard one, but quokkas. Yeah. Little, little quokker guys. Um, but I, I think I love the idea of the start line and the finish line being the steps of the plane. Like you just run out, do the marathon, run back in and then you're off. Yeah. That's, but I, um, we should have a kudos rating system of like which is high kudos for the events that we talk about what, what, how, what do you mean like how does that work like because so kudos example, is a difficult thing like so where just just a generic score out of 10 for like 10 is the most impressive thing anyone can ever do zero yeah. is you've done nothing so you'd put in like marathon de Sable would be like an 8.3 let's say an 8.7 and then, like, where would you put a marathon? A marathon would be, like, a, a 5.1. An ultra marathon, yeah. Things, things like Comrades would be, like, a 6.8. I think they'd be quite good, actually. Hang on to a minute. Be able to... You can't put Comrades at a 6.8 and MDS at an 8.3. Comrades yeah. is way harder. No, it's not. You do um, the long day of MDS is the same as Comrades, and it's, you know, it's on road. So, but I haven't I, done either, so this is just me casting aspersions but also harder in what way because i find the seven continents thing extremely stressful oh it, yeah it, I think... it quickens my heart rate because i'm like what if you miss the plane what if this happens what if there's turbulence what if something happens like all the yeah. timing stuff really gets to me i think so that is hard yeah i think it's really i think it's really hard there, but that's what that's what i'm saying like where are we where are we putting this one where would it fit amongst barclays um you know western states uh the other thing barclays got the issue of getting into it so kudos for getting into it in the first place the barclays is probably the biggest kudos thing because of how hard it is it's not getting into barclay it's finishing barclay that's the highest kudos because you've got in it yeah managed to do it yeah like because there's so many steps to that that's hard whereas getting into mds is easy you just apply pay your money and go so we are we top trumping 10 for finishing barclay is yeah, that there's finishing that barclay peak? we think we think there's finishing barclay because we don't know maybe there is some other race that is like even harder than barclay yeah. that's so small that we don't know dead, about it the dead sheep's never been finished no so the dead what... sheep is nonsense but it's never been finished <laughs> and will never be finished okay. so, right do guys you've got to let us know what we need our framework so what's the 10 what's the nine eight seven six all the way down to Fact, one do you know what yeah. This is a brilliant thing for us to do at the National Running Show. National Running Show, yes. We'll start it. We'll get a big board and we'll yeah. with a white with a pen, and we'll start it. And we'll get people to debate what is the kudos ladder for ultramarathons and, and why. And from then on, none of us have names. All we are is the score of our biggest kudos rate. So you'd be like, "Hi, I'm seven point three. Hi. Yeah, it's like UTMB points, but better. Yes, yes, I like it. Yeah. And so we're going to start with. Park race is the zero. Yeah, park race is ground zero. Ground zero up to Barclay. But maybe, let us know if there's something higher than Barclay. So what are we saying for this one then? What are we saying for the 777? Okay, I'm going to say... Why not 7.77? Surely. 
I don't. I don't think there's a lot of things that are hard, that are harder than actually. Yeah. I think yeah, seven point seven seven. Because if you think about, yeah, there are there is stuff that is harder. So bad. If we put this at seven point seven seven, that really does adjust the whole thing, right? Yeah, really Mike has yeah. done that, but he hasn't completed a lap of Barclay. <laughs> okay, so that puts he's basically our benchmark guy. Yeah. What else did Mike say he didn't do? So if you say, what has he failed at? He's failed at um, Spartathlon. He failed at the treadmill world record because someone took it off him and then he fell off the treadmill because he passed Fell off the treadmill. So we're saying treadmill running is harder. (laughs) No, it's not. Treadmill, it's got to be outside, okay? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, do rads, let us know. Give Give us your highest scores for what you've done and rate it honestly. And we'll, um, we're going to come up with a, a scoring system that will become official at some point, like one to ten. So you can then position yourselves in the kudos. What's it going to be called? Kudosima. The kudos. The, the kubada. The kudo, kubada. The kubada. Well, we'll think of something. We'll think of something. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I've just thought of another one. What's the one in Hong Kong? The, four, the really long one in Hong Kong? The nine dragons? Seven dragons? They're, they're like four ultra whatever and you've got to do it in a certain time and it's the it's the oh, netflix documentary that jody was talking about the other day or you were talking about oh yeah to watch it yeah jody was mentioning it that's right yeah. and i looked that up and i was like that looks brutal something dragons or is it a different one no it's i can't remember what it's called but that one would go up there i reckon that would go up at eight or nine i should have asked him about that actually well i think we're interviewing the the race director for that on monday Oh, great. Yeah. Well, that would be up there, I reckon. But also, you've got to think on the kudos levels, you've got to think about, is it supported? Is it self-nav? Yeah. Is it hard to get into financially and actually entering it is hard? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to do, remember I'm doing Piece of String Race in November? That could be up there. I didn't think that was back. Is that a select back entry? And I'm doing it. Is that limited entry? Yeah. I accidentally got oh. in because I applied properly by writing my uh, my piece on parchment and putting a wax seal on it and sending it to James Elson, and now I'm in. That's really what you have to do? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love and it. I don't like the look of the blogs I've read on it about what happened before. Oh. Um, so maybe after that, I'll be like, no, Barclay's now 9.8. Yeah. <laughs> piece of string is up there. And th- and that's the trouble with, with trying to do this scoring system because – Actually, for some people, not knowing how far a race is going to be could be fine. For some, it could be the biggest nightmare. So actually, the, the scales will be so dependent on who you are. Um, so we're just going to make it make it harder. But we like we like a, a good fight, good bud fight. In and the I group. think it's great. It's a great way for people to get to meet people too. So definitely, Ultrazone at the running show will get this yeah. kudosometer and we'll yeah. get this paper people can stick on it. And then the public can come and they can debate it. And then you meet people that have done races you haven't done and you can, I yeah. think it's a really cool way of like talking about it. I've had an idea for, uh, for the running show. I was thinking, you know the way you, people love to get their photo where you put, you put your head through a picture yeah. And then get the photo. I was thinking we should set up one of those where it's like you, someone, someone's body winning a park race. And it just says like, I won park race. And you can go and put your head in and get a photo. That's or really going to, I'm sure that park one are going to love that when they walk past our stand. <laughs> probably complain and get us thrown out the building. But yeah, sure. Let's do that. No worries. Absolutely no worries. I want to do something like that though. So, uh, oh, so yeah. we need, 
we need to come up with something you can poke your head through, take a picture. It can be as rude as you want to, bad as let us know what the idea is and we'll try and make it happen. Just as a caveat, it is a family-friendly event. Um, (laughs) Also, we've got some great ideas for the running show. That's a good point, actually. Everybody who is listening, you know we're doing the Ultra Zone, and I think by the time this comes out, all the guests would have been announced, but we can't announce all of them yet. But it's basically a Bible of legends turning up at that, and so you need to get your tickets, and you can get them free by going on the website and putting in my code, which is AMB18, because I think they've gone back up to £10 now. But we're going to have... Like the, a weekend of absolute lols so make sure you do do that and if you're not sure if you're not sure who's coming basically i was i was emailing john kelly about it today and i just started writing out who was on the the list holy shit it's good <laughs> so we have got laz we've got camille we've got john kelly we've got dan lawson we have got nikki spinks we have got James Elson. We've got Rob Pope. We have got oh, Dean Carnassus. Like, it's just, it's just le- legend after legend. We're not actually legends. joking, do you, Badders? Yeah, like, these are all confirmed guests. It's utterly crazy. And some of them are actually seem to be quite excited about the prospect of uh, <laughs> talking for half an hour on our stage. So. And we might even, we're, we're trying to convince Dean to do a book signing on uh, on the do bad stand where he will sign any book saying this is a shit book buy my book instead so run like a duck we need to get as many of those signed saying buy my book instead to uh just to help with all the help we can get so don't, uh, don't get upset mark atkinson because you get end up sending a selling about 100 copies of the show which is 90 copies more than you've already sold so that's <laughs> really really good news for you it is um, it's great great news all around i've got before before anything else I've got, oh my God, I just have to interrupt the broadcast to tell you that the BB-8 Lego model I bought Oscar for Christmas has been completed and just presented to me. Can I have a look? Yes. Bring him over, Oscar. I want to have a look at BB-8. Sorry, podcasters, this is really bad. But look. Oh, wow. I didn't know what BB-8 was. Now it makes sense. BB-8 from Star Wars. That's amazing. That is very cool. Um, Anyway, I nearly dropped it on the floor. Can you imagine if I smashed it? It's only taken him 10 months to That would have been the funny move. (laughs) That would have been a great stepmom move. Right, Netflix recommendation. Um, What is it called? This is good, isn't it? Um, It's called What They... No, What We See. What They've Seen. Anyway, it's on Netflix. I'm going to look up the thing now. It's brilliant. It's four episodes and it's about... It has got running relation to it. Yeah. It's about the... uh, When They See Us, it's called. It's about the... New York jogger case, Central Park jogger case. Oh, isn't it? Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I watched that um, the other week, um, and I was like, this is one of the best things I've ever watched. Because it's only four episodes, so you can really, really hammer through it. It makes you so angry. Oh, yeah, it makes you really angry. So angry. Oh, Did my God. Do you know God. what made me most angry about it, though? What's that? The biggest mis- mis- uh, miscarriage of justice in the whole thing. Was it yeah. that woman that was the jogger? was described as a jogger when they go into detail about her pace and she was doing seven and a half she to was, eight minute miles. Rapid, yeah. She was a runner. And that was the bit where I said to Julius, I've had enough of this. This is yeah. awful. But um, it's so good. And uh, yeah, while I was watching it, I just kept thinking, I need to talk about this on the podcast because it's genuinely an amazing piece of Netflix filmmaking. And if you start doing a little bit of Googling, they've so do that. If you don't know what it's about, it's about um, five uh, young black kids basically not even adults they are children literally yeah. yeah they are literally children i think only one of them was just 16 yeah um, he was and and he, 16 like the week of the trial 
Yeah, and he actually wasn't even in the park. But but a a young woman was was a jogger was a runner. Sorry, a runner was raped in Central Park, and they essentially just found the closest black guys and arrested them all and forced confessions out of them. Uh, yeah, if you do some googling, there's a website with all of their confessions, the actual tapes. You yeah. can watch because a lot of the film has a lot of the documentary cuts in actual footage of them being yeah. questioned with the film, so you don't know what's what. But um, I just thought it was bloody brilliant. But it will it, it make will angry. make your blood absolutely boil because it's just so insane that this happened like this. That and it's, and it's still out. happening because the prosecutor still says to this day that she believes yeah. it was them, even though there was no evidence. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And they got the DNA of the one person who's admitted to it, and like it's in utterly insane. Um, and I'd say if you like that, if you've seen it already, if you it's a classic, it's an old one, but in the name of the father, another similar movie, uh, yep. Mr. of Justice. Daniel Day-Lewis at his absolute bet. Pete Postlethwaite, oh, love the guy. Me too. Incredible film. And actually, a really good song from U2 to see it off. Oh, my God. God. You've, you've mentioned U2 twice in this podcast. Yeah. I'm a bit concerned about that, I have to say. <laughs> see, actually, that was it. When when we were doing uh, the interview with Mike, I made a joke the first time he, he talked about U2. And I was like, should I get him to say about U2 so I can do the joke again? I'm like, nah. I what won't. was the I joke? Won't. It was it was just something like oh my god did, did it wasn't even that funny but it was more he was talking about you two was like did it just did it just sm- smell of sn- smugness the whole time and uh, that's yeah, not, that's not really a joke is it just more a genuine of a, question <laughs> it, it is a genuine question yeah yeah they probably had, they had to get the fifty runners in there for a week solid just to get rid of the stench of smugness do you remember that time uh, when the when the edge sued one of his assistants because he said that she'd stolen his hat they went through like these really high courts of law it's a little beanie hat no it's, it was proper hat you know it's was it yeah or was it larry mullen the one that had the great big cowboy hat yeah or from, he, they uh, were like, my, assistant, my assistant stole it and they took him to like the highest courts in the land and basically demolished this person for stealing his hat um, and did, did they go to jail i don't know well this could be another netflix documentary couldn't it did they bang up five black young children for stealing for bonnet for stealing. stealing the edges hat no i yeah. don't think they did but uh yeah, anyway, you two, that's fun, isn't it? Sorry, everybody, we seem to have gone off kilter somewhat. But, um, <laughs> but well, should we, should we tie things up there, I guess? Yes, we will tie things up there. It's been marvellous speaking to you. I'm going to Scotland next week. I love you. Uh, well, I mean, first, well, before we go, do bears, if you enjoyed that, and actually I think that he's one of my favourite all-time guests, and if I could do, if I could have anyone's running CV, I think it would be Mike's. If I could done... go out for a beer with any of the guests, that I've done in the last few weeks and be their best friend, it will be him because you want to hate him. He's like, oh yeah, you know, two ten marathon, but he's not smug two ten marathon wanker guy. He's like cool guy, Mike. He isn't is. He? He's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. But um, if you enjoyed that episode, then we mentioned a few others actually. We mentioned about Rob Pope. He ran across America three and a half times um, as Forrest Gump. We talked about Barkley many times. We've got John Kelly who finished it. Um, we've got Lovely. Laz. Lovely American Dean. We've got Dean Carnassus talking about the Spartathlon when he did it, dressed as a Spartan, a Spartan, yeah. and only eating, was it figs and honey? Figs and or honey. Something? Something <laughs> imagine imagine honey. the flatulence on that. Oh my God, yeah. Lele and the chaffage. Um, yeah, so plenty of episodes there. We're going to be launching, when's the Run Club launching? What Running Club? Oh, the Lonely yes. Goat. 
a running club watch out lonely goats i believe that by the time this goes out the running club will be live i'm looking to launch it a week today today is friday the 30th of august oh my god this is exciting so it might even be coming out today and do bad as all you need to know it's a proper running club but it's not a proper running club in that if you sign up for the legendary status you be you're going to be getting some funky kit some funky kit we're going to get stuff in the post can't open in front of your wife indeed indeed allegedly Allegedly. or husband or non-binary partner um you will never know what you receive never unless someone spills the beans the best thing about it is no one else will ever know what you receive yeah (laughs) but in all seriousness not all of them had that stain on it (laughs) (laughs) but in all seriousness it's a proper ea affiliated running club it's it's actually for real so we've worked very hard on it so hopefully it'll be up and running by the time you hear this if not it'll be very quickly after you do hear it and please support your local running club indeed and you can second claim bbr or if you're international you can you can you can sign up for membership without having the ea attachment and not pay for that and it's gonna be class and wait until you see what you get in the post because it's taken months and months and months of planning and it's totally worth it well, oh, we're so excited. We're excitement. So excited. excitement. <laughs> okay, great. Day. So, uh, well, thanks for listening, guys. We will be back next week. And uh, get in the Facebook group, tag us if you want to us to interview anyone or letters at badboyrunning.com. And we'll see you next time. Bye 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 Fuck you, buddy.